Welcome to the Joy of Comics, episode 13. I'm Rich Lepore. Jordan Alseka. Kevin Schaefer. And today we are going to be talking about a local event that has gotten bigger and bigger and cooler every year until this year. It was really phenomenal, and it is called the NC Comic Con. And uh, Kevin, why don't you talk about it a little bit here at the beginning as an intro, because you were intimately involved in putting on the con this year. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it's the, this was the seventh year, I want to say. Um, correct me if I, uh, you know, but basically... Um, you yeah, need to our, know these things. Yeah, you I know. know I should know. <laughs> um, I think I'm pretty sure on that because I'm, when I wrote the article last year for a technician, I believe it had been six years then. So I'm going to say seven. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Um, but anyway... Yeah, um, Alan Gill, our local comic shop owner at Ultimate Comics, he and um, friends started the show as just a small one-day show at um, was at a local mall, uh, and they got I didn't about know that. yeah, they got about five hundred people to show up the first time. Oh, I do um, remember. Yeah, I was there. It was, it was, it was really, when you said really. local mall. You freaked me out because I was thinking like. Uh, like literally, uh, University Mall in yeah, Chapel yeah, Hill. Yeah, 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 no, no, no. It was at that outlet mall. It was. Yep, I yeah, I did go yeah. to that. So yeah, you went it to was the weird. Historic. You went to the first one. It was weird. It no, was like and... it was like you were walking through this like go- see that mall is like a ghost town. So <laughs> yeah. it, when you walk through it, it's like an outlet mall that time forgot. Sure. And so you walk through this thing, and it's just like some really really sketchy store, some bookstore with like warehousey old textbooks, and then like boom, right. Like a couple big rooms where the con, you know, uh, yeah. merchants areas. Yeah, and yeah. I just popped in for three, four hours, but as usual, there was, I do remember this, I didn't know that was the first year though, but I saw Alan and he was doing yeah. his thing, man. He is such a, he, every time I've talked to him and I don't know him super well, mm. but pretty well, I've known him for 10 years now probably. Sure. And uh, always, he's always been friendly and really oh, like, yeah, welcoming, but he, he makes me feel like I'm his best friend when I'm around him. He really does. He's I mean, magical at that. That's what I love about the Ultimate Comics community, not to just like, you know, talk about how great they are this episode, but they really are, I mean, they do amazing work. Alan... Um, Jeremy, Brockton, Tommy, all these guys that put this show on, they just really pour their hearts and soul into it. And I did finally get to see the NC Comic Con documentary, which our good friend Cliff Baumgartner directed. Um, we had him on the show a few months ago. We'll have to talk um, about that when we get yeah, to we, the we discussion. Um, but, but anyway, yeah, but overall, anyway, so though, it's a curated show it, at this point. It's in a that, show. It, they want to keep the venue small. Sure. So now it takes place at the Durham Convention Center. It's been there a few years. And um, yeah, I mean... Last year it was in the more than ten thousand attendees, so it's definitely it, it was hit that again this year. Um, this year was really special because it was real. I mean, they said it coming in that you know DC was just going to like take over this, year. and um, and it really. I mean, DC had a huge presence this year. That's cool um, because uh, they were a big part of it was promoting their new um, uh, uh, lineup, their new lineup, um, the new imprint, Young Animal. Um, uh, from Long Live Young Animal. Hey, look, Rich said a compliment, Jordan. Good job. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's uh, we talked about it a little before. It's a new imprint that um, the tagline is "Comics for Dangerous Humans." Oh, fuck. Um, it's I hate that. I hate that. It's just so wannabe, man. All right, all right. I'm chilling out. I'm chilling out. Anyway, so oh. um, they, they have a lot of creators there who are working on those books, like. Um, Obviously, Gerard Way and John Rivera were there. Um, Got to admit, course, Mother Panic looks kind of sweet. Though. Mother Panic looks awesome. We had so Jody Hauser was there, who's the writer of that, and also Valiant's Faith, which I've talked about before, and really love that book. Um, so it was great meeting her. Also, um, um, this was, I, I mean, we're, again, we're, I don't want to talk about everything right now, sure. but I do want to say, from your perspective, this is your first year really doing networking. Oh, or, well, I, I mean, <laughs> with a book. 
I mean, I didn't have the book, so I, I it's about the same as last year. I mean, I was okay. last year I was I was pimping that the book would have a Kickstarter, okay, which actually was just two days ago that it launched officially, or a year ago, something like yeah, that. So it's it a was year and two right days, up. yeah, yeah, since wow, it first awesome. launched, awesome. and it's almost out. <laughs> I, we, you know, isn't it funny? And I don't feel like, here's the funny thing about Kickstarters, right? I always, you when you hear about them and they have these delivery dates a year and a half down the road, yeah. I always look at that and I'm just like, man, that, are they dragging their feet? That takes forever. Nah, dude, you've been working it the whole time. Yep, there have yep. been no feet dragging and it's over a year before yep. fulfillment. It's still another month. Um, no, so I mean, and, and there's been, and it's been full steam ahead the entire time you're working on that project. It was your your primary focus creatively, I think, for a while. Yeah, and it just it just takes a while. But the PDFs are out there. Yeah, <laughs> so backers yeah. have gotten those. Uh, it's that book. That book's great. But anyway, okay. So we're gonna be talking about NC Comic Con. Sure. Um, that will be our second segment. Um, after that, we're gonna talk about. Uh, books we've been reading, we always do right. that. Uh, I read less uh, lately; been really busy, and uh, and so I don't have as much to talk about. But these guys read a ton of content, and so we'll be talking about some of the books you guys have been reading, maybe one or two of mine. Um, but before that, we're going to start off with the news, mm-hmm. and there it's been a a, a reasonable news like news time. Yeah, but the, the thing about news is that in the holidays, it kind of dies a bit. Yeah, well, it's just I mean, at this point, we're not going to see a lot of num- in the comic world. We're not going to see a lot of number ones coming out in the next few weeks really but because you know the year's well, winding single, down single but, issues aren't also aren't like a big gift thing. right right they're right. much more about putting out compilations and trades and, sure. and really and really you know going all out sure. with stuff you can gift sure sure so most of our hip hop comp- family tree yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what i want under my tree woo <laughs> just kidding no i don't all right anyway. so uh but yeah no so we've got you know a few news stories um some comic related others movie and tv related we'll just touch on briefly um and then get to talking about the con and all the books we've been reading lately awesome so uh without any further ado uh i'm going to start with the thing i'm most excited about and i got an email was it an email or a text it was a text i think text yeah. from jordan and all it was was a yeah. link ominously not really, not really <laughs> ominous at all not really ominous at all but it was a link and when i clicked on it it was a book that i have loved since a year and a half ago or so when it came out it's by jen Man- van meter who is Greg Rucka's wife, not that that is her whole identity, but that's one of the ways, well, I, that's one of the ways I know her. <laughs> and the book is called The Death-Defying Dr. Mirage. And it's a really, really cool book. When it came out, it's a Valiant book. Mm-hmm. And when it came out, it was very obscure for Valiant. It was pretty much totally separated from the rest of the Valiant universe. I mean, it does tie in technically, and there's maybe a couple references, but generally speaking, it's not... It's not one of like their big like big books that are in the main right. line. It was very separate, which was good for me because you know, starting out with Valiant a couple years back and a year and a half this was, I was able to sort of jump on this and, and really feel like I was gra- grabbing something at the ground. Floor. Well, even then, and more so now, they've gotten <laughs> intimidating. They're not complete. They're not Marvel or DC, yeah. but they've got a pretty sizable universe going. No, oh, they man. really do. They really do. But anyway, it's a great book. I read the first uh, volume, loved it. Never thought there'd be another volume. I really thought it was just going to be a side project, much like some of the other stuff that they put out, like Dead Drop. I don't think that ever went anywhere further. Maybe it did, but, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And so this series did get a second volume, but the big news is that... Uh, Jordan, what's the big news? Because uh, <laughs> you tweeted it to me. Uh, well, the Death Defying Dr. Mirage is currently being developed for a series at the CW. So their first comic-related non-DC show. Yes. I mean, maybe it's 20 really years ago. But... No, no, well, I was trying... I was like, yes, I was just parsing what you said. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's because iZombie is also a comic show, but it's Vertigo, so right. This just really surprised me because I mean, I'm a, this is awesome, but like 
it's just the first Valiant title that's going to get an adaptation like that. I and mean, we have the Ninjak web series coming out next year, which we've talked about. Um, but the first... We're really just TV a Marvel... Movie. It's really just a Valiant Universe web series. Yeah, Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a Ninjak series. I don't know. Right. But still, like, the first Valiant property to get an adaptation like this is one that's pretty obscure within the Valiant universe. It, it really um, is. It really is. And that's and that's an interesting... It's an interesting fact. I mean, even for all of us, I think... I, I think, uh, to some extent, Jordan, you got into... Um, what's the mainline Valiant book, the most famous one, uh, aside from Harbinger? Not Harbinger. Exo Manowar? No. Yeah, Manowar. What is it? Exo Manowar? Why is that? The one with, uh, that ties in Eternal Warrior and all that. You mean the Valiant book? No, no, no. Maybe I am thinking of Manowar. The guy from back in the day. Why am I blanking on this? Exo Manowar is one of their original characters. Yeah, that's the one I think I'm thinking of. Yeah, he's the uh, one by freaking uh, the dude uh, Vicente. Vendetti. Yeah, yeah, that's that's Exo Manowar. When you say the word, it doesn't sound the same to me. I'm having one of those weird experiences. (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah. Like when you turn your head upside down (laughs) and you look at the 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 washing machine and you don't recognize it. No, Exo Manowar number one. How do you spell it? I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> no, Exo Manowar 1 was the first issue to come out from the Valiant reboot in, what, 2011? So that and Bloodshot, when they talked about the movies, yeah, yeah. were the two main ones that they were talking about doing. And oh, with the movies, Har- no, they were talking Harbinger. about Harbinger. Oh, was it? And Bloodshot yeah. leading I would to Harbinger Wars. I would love to see Manowar. I thought Exo Manowar was, was, was going to be front of that. But anyway, it... Again, Harbinger and Bloodshot are like t- the two series that a lot of us didn't really read first when we read Valiant, which is interesting. So it's really one of those series where you can grab what you want to grab from it. I always feel a little alienated when the crossovers come, and it's like, I don't know what Bloodshot's about. I have But even then, it, but... I'm like, like, I'm reading Wrath of Eternal Warrior right now, and it's technically a crossover, but it's more an eternal... Because it builds off the events of Book of Death, and before that, the Valiant. But even then, it's still relatively self-contained. Um, so that's the thing about their crossovers is like you can and actually the first Valiant book I read was the Valiant and then I got interested in other characters from the like that's what led me to see what characters I really liked. That's um, that's really cool that their crossovers are are accessible. I think like they're that. very reader friendly. Yeah. That's yeah. that's awesome. But anyway, so so this series is going to be interesting because the conceit of the book is that the main character Doctor Mirage is a paranormal investigator. Mm-hmm. She can speak with the dead, but there's one dead person she can't speak with dramatically. Her husband, her dead husband, mm-hmm. um, and you don't really know how he died. And you don't really know what the deal is with all this, but you do know that he's passed. So, in the first volume, she does a case where she's trying to, you know, solve a mystery, while at the same time, sort of getting hints from her dead husband. But she can't really talk to him. I don't know how is. Sure. I, I forget all the details, but but it's very very cool. But the, what's cool about it is that as a series, I mean, much like it, it depends on how it'll turn out. It depends on how you know, serialized, they decide to make it versus how case of the week. I think that, um, I zombie really, that's it, right? I am having a weird night. Yeah. I zombie, I zombie does a really good job of balancing those two and having cases that also directly relate to the, the ongoing narrative. Sure. So if they do that really well, it could be cool. Or, or if it they could were... be ghost whisper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is essentially the same premise. It's, it sort of is the same premise, I guess. I a lot know. of people like Ghost Whisper. I never even watched it, but it did seem soapier, case of the week focused. Yeah, so. yeah. There's, there's quite a few. There was also Medium, right? True. Uh, I don't know if that was as similar, but... I mean, it seems like it's going to be an interesting show. I, I think that the CW, with this kind of content, is is, is really, you know, 10-0, and 0, right? So. Yeah. 
I know it just got announced, but is there any idea when it's supposed to go on production? Probably oh, 2017, or, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the earliest. Again, sure. they're just they're developing. It could yeah, be I mean, like, a yeah. couple of years. Well, and it could never happen. Never. Yeah, no, that's yeah. the thing of in, in development is for yeah. But anyway, cool. what's uh, it's it's interesting. I don't want to uh, ruin the the surprises of our con talk too much, but I will say that one of the things I always look forward to the con is the Valiant Table. And this year, uh, the actually the managing editor was there, and so I was talking mm-hmm. to him a bit. And I was, you know, asking him a little data, doing a little investigating. And and uh, he, I was just like, so don't take any offense to this, but I just was, wanted to understand, you know, with the Ninjak series, you know, being that you were talking about making these movies, it seems like an odd choice in a way to go with a web series. And I understand you probably have a reason for that, but, you know, what what, what sure. is the reasoning here? And he says, well, very vaguely, he just goes, well, you know, it just it's just the right timing. You know, it's just what our what our universe needed yeah. right now. And and he said, and you know, it doesn't take away from any you know the normal line. It doesn't take away from any of those other franchises. I mean, they have to be careful what they can say. Exactly, yeah, exactly. They're... But then later in the conversation, I was I was going through all the books and I was like, you know, that's interesting. What's going on in this series? What's going on in that series? He's telling me about all the futures, like the little pretty much the same stuff you get online. Right. And then we go to Doctor Mirage before the announcement and yeah. I pointed out and I'm just like also I read Dr. Roger really like that he goes that's a great one isn't it and he was oh, like it, he was really like that's emphasizing good. it you could tell he was giddy about that property that's cool. yeah, yeah. so that was that was a cool that's cool yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I love about conventions is like when you go to like you, you get these little tidbits of information and um you know announcements before they're made well people are like, humans yeah. are human creatures so they oh they, yeah yeah they yeah. get excited it's hard to tell it's like right. you know, dennis hopeless wasn't supposed to but mentioned he was working on a spider book well before spider woman was announced. well it's like brendan fletcher showed us um all picks from his upcoming image book at heroes this year and yeah it looked, oh my god yeah amazing. when you when you show I mean, it, was on, it was on his phone like that's how he had, he had no announcements or anything but he was like yeah come look at this you're right about human nature <laughs> and it happens more with um it happens more in the world of comics but it also happens in other mediums as well because with um uh i was i was doing my interviews for the social network back when i was working at yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and um aaron sorkin said something i forget the exact details but he said something super controversial during our interview mm-hmm. and his press person actually like stood up and said that's off the record to me and was like you can't write that and i was just like well that's not really legitimate to say yeah, that's yeah. off the record afterwards. But regardless, I don't remember exactly how I went with <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. But you but, but wrote it because it's but, like yeah, you can't. Yeah, <laughs> you can't you, do that. You can't do that you, you, unless you say it first. You can't right, do that. Right, and, right. and if I'd agreed, um, right. regardless, I think I talked around it in the article and used the info, but didn't like expressly say that it was from him. I don't remember exactly how I handled it, but sure. I made sure that story was juicy. Believe me. Sure, sure. Um, but. That said, you know, that's what's interesting about people. You start talking to them, stuff comes out. Oh, yeah. It just does. And it was just him, I think, calling somebody an asshole or something like that. Like, they're assholes or something, some of that effect. I mean, he shouldn't have been mad-mouthing. Right, right. Gotcha. Um, but it's definitely interesting. To, yeah. Uh, interviewing people, talking to people off the cuff at the con, um, love it. Yeah, for sure. So, that's the first story. All right. Um, next story is uh, your story, Kevin. Uh, it has to do yeah. with Star Wars. I'm going to let you take it away. All right. So, it was announced the other day that... I believe this is coming February, I want to say, but um, a Darth Maul comic from the new lineup, you know, the Marvel's lineup, uh, Colin Bunn is writing, and Luke Ross is doing the art. Um, So this will be another one of those, like, probably five-issue miniseries, which is, you know, when you hear that, you go, okay, well, another, you know, they've done it with Obi-Wan Anakin and Han Solo and Princess Leia and all these characters that 
um, you know, are directly from the movies. Did Lando end up going ongoing or no? No, no, no just, no. just yep. Lando too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, the only ones right now are Star Wars. Right. Poe Dameron and... Which Poe Dameron is really surprising that's an ongoing because the first volume was such a just prequel to Force Awakens, mm-hmm. but and it'd be then, interesting. Uh, the Doctor Afra comic, which is starting, yeah, yeah, yeah. which which that, so, well, that's probably so that's more... going to start as an ongoing, yeah, it's... as opposed to Darth Vader, which was like two, which wrapped, yeah. Was right. that considered an ongoing though? Yeah, it went for oh, it, 20... it went for twenty five issues. I did yeah, know yeah, that, but yeah. I didn't know if that was like originally going to be. Yeah, I think it Mini was series when it was first like... announced. It was announced as a five. No, no, issue. it was it was an ongoing. Really? Yeah, yeah they yeah, announced it was. It was... two ongoings and a mini. Okay. Princess yeah, Leia yeah. was the mini. All right. Yeah, no, Star Wars and Vader were always the big two they were going to watch. Okay, I, I didn't um, know Gillen had, had agreed to any more than five at that Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, so, um, you know, no word on what the story will be. I mean, it'll probably take a place, I imagine, before Phantom Menace, and um, it has to match up with the continuity now, so obviously we see them all in the Clone Wars series. Well, he's big in Rebels. Oh, yeah, he's big in Rebels, too, so I mean... And, like, and I don't uh, know, yeah. has his... Uh, do you watch Rebels currently? Yes. Has his um, allegiances changed at all? Darth is he Maul? just Darth Maul? No, he's just... I mean, it's like, it's hard to say. Because, again, his arc has gone for a few years now mm. between Clone Wars and this. But right. he's not, like, a good guy now. No, he's not a good guy, but he's not Darth Maul anymore. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. I mean, this miniseries is, like, you know, it's... I like... It's a prequel. It it's, it's, I mean, it's yeah. like right after the Phantom right. Menace. So right. it's evil Darth Maul. What I'm... What I'm, why I'm excited about it is, I, I mean, at this point they've stayed pretty confined with like where the books have been, both the novels, the comics, all the new extended universe material has been either really soon after A New Hope or in that range or soon before. It's all been with a pretty confined timeline within the Star Wars universe. This is hopefully a sign that they're starting to branch out a little more, and you know maybe they'll do something like Knights of the Old Republic in the future um, to kind of branch out more because they have to keep this extended universe going so I'm hoping that they'll be able to you know oh they'll do stuff yeah no I know I mean it's 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 one of the most fruitful universes and by deleting all the old stuff I mean they've just left themselves so much material and area open well I know but like so it's been going about two years now and so far the miniseries have just been like they've been fun and they've added you know, you're saying you want to them to go out. further out, right? Like, I mean, to you know, let give the creators a little more breathing space and let them do something other than tie-ins that are directly tie-ins to the movies. Yeah. Um, so well, they have a good track like, record. I mean, oh, and, I, I think mean, it takes people. I think so it takes people of the caliber of Aaron and Gillen. Sure. Oh, yeah. To be able to take those stories, because like I've said many Gosh, times yes. in this podcast, um, the dude who was doing the Star Wars series before this, yeah. They're not bad books. They got pretty good reviews. Sure. But they were just kind of dull. Right, They were right, just right. kind of like, you know what's happening, you know sure. what movies this is between, and it's like, oh, Luke and Leia just talking about shit while flying to some planet for some, like, light core right. mission, mission, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sure. And so it's, it, you know, it really took them to raise the stakes, bring up sure. new, new characters like Dr. Aphra, yeah. and, and really oh, take, it, take it new job. places that, that, that allows them to play within these confines yeah. of being really close, flying right near the sun. You right. Know? It'll just be interesting going forward, like, how they'll approach these miniseries now that they've done all the big characters in the original trilogy. <laughs> there's um, plenty of... Th- Star I know Wars is... No, I know it. Star Wars yeah. is good for anything, it's finding a way to merchandise a character oh, that showed oh, gosh, up yes. for two seconds. Oh, so. gosh, yes. I mean, yeah. 
Speaking of which, I was looking. I'm ready at... for like my Morian guard. Yeah. Well, it's worth also noting with Doctor Aphra, they're they're branching into actual fully original characters. Getting oh, that's books. what I'm saying. It's great. No, so, I, that's what I said. I'm excited. About I'd buy the a Sana Solo mini. Oh yeah, no, I'm whatever excited her real about... name. Yeah, ended yeah, up yeah, being. So, yeah. I'm excited about the direction going forward. That's what I'm saying. It's I like... saw that. You know that new droid, um, the the tall black one in um, Rogue One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a Lego like action figure that you build of him. You have that whole line of the action figure Star Wars builds that like they started with Darth Vader and Luke and they keep doing them. But his is so sweet looking. I think he's like C two eighty or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. it looks so sweet. So oh, yeah. yeah, merchandising. Yeah. Yes, we'll get please. that many next year. I guess. Yeah, yeah, C two eighty minutes. There's like a whole fleet There's of characters. There's a C one shot. I mean, yeah, that shows how he got the red arm. Yeah, oh. it's actually a good yeah. issue from what I've heard. Give, yeah, that, yeah, give yeah. that motherfucker a red arm, and boop, you can yep. do a tie-in book. Yep. You know, there we go. Next thing, next thing, you know, he'll have a green leg, and they'll be like, "Yeah, so that's a mini series." Yeah, about yeah, the that's green a, leg. yeah, yeah. That's all, that's all He's Christmas colored. It's mm-hmm. a Christmas tie-in, in fact, Doc, a la Doctor Who. Right, Life right. day if it's Star Wars, right? right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, cool. So that, yeah. so that's that story. Uh, I think there was another piece well, of that, Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars. Amelia Clark was added to the Han Solo movie cast. That that movie is just getting ridiculous. Like it's just <laughs> going to be so good. Um, I I mean I don't know how good the guy who's playing Han is yet. He was in something else that I saw, wasn't he? I've something? seen him in Hell Caesar. So I, I don't know. No, but there was something else I saw that he's going to be in or was in that looked pretty good. Eh. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So that's going to be interesting. But but man, getting Donald Glover and now. Amelia Clark. Clark is yeah. just oh, like, it's exciting. I mean, I, I heard they cast one of the dragons too, so it's gonna be sweet. Nice. Someone's um, gotta play boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, right? come on, yeah. Right. All right. Uh, so Deadpool two. Is, yes. I'm gonna bury the lead a little here and say this is a movie that very surprisingly there was uh, internal struggles, power struggles mm. going on between at least that's the word between Tim Miller, right, and Ryan Reynolds, right. And so that's not something that most people expected. But I guess if you think about it, I think you kind of had a good analogy for why that might have happened. Um, yeah, we were walking into the uh, Wings place. You were saying, you remember? We were talking Wait, about. Please. We were talking about how. I mean, because when I inter- and when I interviewed Daniel Way um, a few months ago um, for Ultimate Comics website. Um, he was saying that Tim Miller was at war with the studio all throughout the making of the first one, right? Um, which, understandably, because I mean, it took. Oh know, God, a that story's that. I mean, no, that story's oh, legendary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a legendary story. Right. And so, um, I think you know Miller, Reynolds, and the screenwriters there were very teamed up against the studio then to fight for the freedoms that they wanted to do. To and so that, that that became... Well, it was a matter of getting a movie made. And that right. was a thing that and was very galvanizing for the cast and crew. Right. That they became a team fighting for a cause. Right, and now it's at the point where Deadpool became such a huge success that the studio is given more creative freedom to... I mean, cause, I mean, and then the question, around. what you had said was, then the question, because I think it was you, maybe it was you, Kevin, yeah. but one of you guys had said the question now becomes, there's a huge amount of creative freedom. What do we do? What with do we, it? Yeah, yeah. And there's bound to be different opinions on what should be done in that creative. And space. we don't know what that boiled down to. Was it a story thing? Was it casting? Well, you know, because they still haven't officially announced. I mean, it, the, it, the, we the, may hear one day. Cable, you know? well, cable, they is still it's this runner. The rumored actor is Kyle Chandler, which seems really weird. I'm down um, for cable. I love. Kyle I love Chandler. Kyle Chandler, but it's just a very odd choice to play cable when you have guys like. Ron Perlman and oh, Stephen Lang no that have said that they Stephen Lang, um, another guy that said that blatantly said that they wanted to play Cable. Um, so we don't know. I mean, but 
Regardless, Tim Miller dropped out um, not too long ago. It was and, about... and so that one of the questions was, what, who's going to who's going right. to helm the film now? Right, right. And the choice they've made is really interesting. I think it's good. Uh, I think it makes sense. It totally does. It totally does. I just was surprised to put him on. I mean, as his third film, um, something so high high profile. But I guess that's been happening a lot lately. Um, but it's the guy who did John Wick. Yes. Well, What's his name? You know. Well, it, David. Hold on. I'm looking, hang on. He was actually, so like I'm looking at IMDb, um, so his name's David Leitch, L-E-I-T-C-H. Um, Leitch, Leitch. On, Leitch, like, on IMDb, he's uncredited as like the second director, the co-director of the first one, but I don't know what that, but regardless, he... Um, oh, so he's not out. the director of John Wick. He's not Chad, so, well, let's see. Yeah, he's not the main one, but still, he's worked on like. He oh, he's on. not the director of John Wick. Yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> he's not. I mean, that's, that's he either the, is or he isn't. The headline writer, on, but he's yeah. worked on John Wick. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Wow, that's they got man. They went third tier on that ass. Well, look. I'm just kidding. I don't know what he's been in. I don't think he's an executive producer, and he was. He's like, I think he's co-director, but you know how they list on IMDb sometimes like they're the director and then below it uncredited but that usually means they did something for it sure i, I think you're one of the the it's it's sort of a mistake you're making to call deadpool like the big leagues not because it's you know it is a superhero movie and it makes a lot of money but it's also a movie that they purposefully want to spend as little money as possible on. Yeah, still so, yeah that that was one of the big things that reynolds yes. and <laughs> miller disagreed on because it yeah. was like reynolds wanted or, or miller wanted to actually go crazy and do big weird Things with oh, so you now know this? He's he said this a while ago. This came I didn't know that. Reynolds just kind of wants to do more of the same on that same sort of maybe a little more of a budget to do slightly nicer things, but not like a fully crazy. Oh, it says right here that rumor is those differences were centered on who to cast as the mutant cable. That that was a big part of the fight. Yeah, they were also arguing about that. So if you get someone who made John Wick, which is very much a a very impressive action movie, but also not one that is a huge budget. Right. You're you're gonna get someone who probably can turn in the sort of sequel to Deadpool two they want, where right. they don't have to spend they can spend the same amount of money and hopefully get the same or bigger return. See, I think I think people aren't gonna forgive a low budget a second time. I, I really don't. I think that that movie was magical that it did what it did. Um, but I don't think you can really evolve and take that movie to the next level without bumping the budget. I hope they're mm-hmm. bumping it at least somewhat. Probably a little, but not like because it was the because you know it was, the genius of that movie was they were like we have a small budget, but what, the, what luck we have is we have time. Yeah. I think so we can take forever to construct a plot that's both. I don't good think and it's a difference around of no extra budget, but I think it's a difference between the original and I don't know the exact and difference, a huge, but just throwing out yeah, there, and like if the original was fifty million and, and Reynolds' million. sequel is going to be you know a hundred million and Miller's is going to be two hundred and fifty million, yeah. well. Yeah, because he would want to do more creative, weird things with Deadpool's point of view and all that. And it's like, it'd be cool to see those things and the more meta, fourth wall type stuff or whatever it is exactly. You know, it's sort of like the same thing when you hear about um, Edgar Wright's Ant-Man being really zane. Now, that wasn't a budget issue. That was a tonal issue. But it it seems like that sort of thing where you really wanted to break it out and do something crazy new, weird with it. But it's like, well, we're not going to give you the budget for that. We want kind of more of the same with maybe like a little more money put into it. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so it was also sort of studio was also on, on that side. No, I mean, well, if you're gonna, again, the studio's job is to make money. So if if they can get if like Deadpool two in but and I of itself, the whole point was that Deadpool one was like the yes, we proved the concept, oh, br- roll up the cash truck. I thought that was what I heard coming out of Deadpool one. 
that like they've gotten carte blanche, they've proved it, it was a huge success. I mean, 100 to 200 million, you wouldn't think it makes much of a difference if we're talking about making a well, billion. Well, I'm just spitting out figures. I don't sure, know the exact sure. Numbers but what I'm be. saying is, yeah. 80 million or whatever Deadpool was, or 50 million, compared to 200 million, I mean, that matters, but at the end of the day, if, it, if it's going to mean you got a billion dollar movie, fuck it. You know? I mean, it probably. How much did Deadpool end up pulling? That, that a lot, up. man. I think a bill. I really think it was it, the largest grossing R-rated film, like, ever. Like, yeah, but that's not a bit. You don't need to get to a billion dollars Yeah, to but do that. still, that's That's still I mean, good. I'm not denying that. Yeah. But. Well, it's 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 definitely R-rated. But the point is, look, the less money you can spend, the better is their entire... That's right. the entire studio ethos. I don't know. Spend low, make lots. Right. That's okay. why Paranormal right. Activity has five so, sequels. So $58 yeah. million was the budget, and $782.6 million was the gross. Which is which is interesting, um, and then you take something like uh, let's say Guardians. Do you know what the what the? Uh, I want to say Guardians was a hundred forty. Sounds right. Let's see what Guardians of the Galaxy cost. All right, so Guardians of the Galaxy cost. Wow, fuck. See, this is the thing, right? Two hundred and wait, uh, two hundred and twenty. Excuse me, two hundred thirty-two point three million. That yeah. is a pretty CG heavy movie. And then box office was seven seventy-three. So they didn't make. They made a little less. You know, and and so that says something, but I mean, I don't know. I just don't know how without the plot devices that they used of basically having one scene that carries through the whole movie in a lot of ways, without that, how you do a movie for anywhere near that price. But I mean, again, I know you're just saying they'll spend more, right? But they don't want to spend five times more, right? Yeah. It's interesting. But either way, I think it's a good choice director-wise. I mean, someone who... Yeah, it says he was the stuff. co-director I, 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 in the Hollywood Reporter. Right, right, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I mean maybe like, he was styli- very involved, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, just stylistically, I think those two have a lot of common um, as action movies in terms of how stylized they are, and um, I think that's someone who can bring a good vision to the film. Interesting. Oh, also, I, I, would, I would say that... John Wick probably is another movie. If, if you're right, and it sounds like you, 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 you're right on with the, the thing about the studio really being all about let's spend less, John Wick is also not the hugest budget, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Twenty million. Yeah, because right, it's right. it's there's no seat. Well, maybe a little CG with some of the gunplay, but Some's yeah, it's buddies. dudes running around places shooting each other. I, I get it. So what I'm saying though is, there's a guy who has success making a movie that feels huge for twenty mil. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's definitely it an will, interesting yeah. choice, especially in light of that concept. Yeah. All right. Well, that's 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 interesting. I'm just really glad the poll. Make Tarantino the director of Deadpool 2. It didn't happen. Oh my gosh, that would have been so weird. If Tarantino was going to be director of any of that shit, it would have had to have been Deadpool 1. Deadpool 2, Tarantino... Like, but I mean, De- Deadpool's movie? like the... He has really... I mean, the only reason that was brought up is because they're both gory. But, like, other than that, the only character... Well, it would have been a unique, cool take. I mean, yeah, there's no the question. Only, the it, only character Tarantino, or, like, his style blends with the Marvel Universe, Luke Cage, and... He said that. Like, I mean, he was originally going to make a Luke Cage movie back in the day, but... Um, oh, uh, well, know, that but, part of Tarantino's thing. I mean, you know, the the, the, the black exploitation Jackie yeah, but Brown that, like, part. Right. But there's other parts. I mean, just because Tarantino says this is my this is the movie that mel- meshes with my style doesn't yeah. mean I, as a film goer, can't say I see Reservoir Dogs yeah. and I see Pulp Fiction and I think these characters blend with him. I'm yeah. legitimate in saying that, whether or not he sees it. You sure, know sure, sure. But I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just laughed on that. Like, yeah. Like, all this Deadpool 2? You know, yeah, like, yeah. why don't we make him <laughs> Guardians 3's director while we're at it? Yeah, you know, really. like, come on, dude. Yeah, really. How fucking arbitrary. Yeah. And second of all, he's making his last movie ever now. Oh, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. Do you guys know what that one is? Nah, I'm not mm-hmm. sure, yeah. I don't follow Tarantino religiously. I like him, but I don't, like, I'm not 
Ultra fan. Yeah. Uh, so, other news? Yeah, uh, I didn't watch it yet, but Justice League Dark had a trailer. Did you watch yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's yeah, it I mean, look? It looks like one of their 70-minute anime. Yeah, Why the fuck yeah. is Batman? Did you see the cover of it? I know the what? answer to the question. He's in the movie. No, but he's not in this cover. He is. It's like, it's like there's a big old picture of Batman in the front, and then, like, Constantine's back in the back, like, hiding. That's the it only... literally looks like he's hiding. Well, and the, ju- the whole Justice League is in it. They're like... It's briefly, yeah, I mean, yeah, briefly, but still, like, uh, yeah. It just um, bums me out that even Justice League Dark has to have Batman at the front. Yeah, come know, on, yeah. dude. He's the in character. He's the audience surrogate. That's what they've yeah. Said. I get it. I get it. But I agree, though. God, I mean, put Constantine at least on the same freaking. He's like yeah. it's foreground background, man. It's, Especially because uh, we've had Constantine's had his show now. I mean, yeah, it was a huge yeah. success yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> look at look at think about this. Constantine was a great show. Pretty great. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Pretty good. I'm. You're it right. Got better. It's not great. It, it really. Good. No, it got it got really solid by it the end. It got a lot better than Gotham has ever been. Yeah, I would say. Well, depends on how you enjoy things. <laughs> but yeah, I'm talking about yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so so I mean, I just think that I would like I would rather watch Constantine than than watch Gotham. Personally, I right. really enjoyed watching Constantine. But anyway, yeah, I mean, the, the trailer's short. It's basically you know it's just set up for paranormal the thread, and yeah, I mean, it's, it'll be a typical Matt Ryan is back superhero. as Constantine. Uh, yeah, I yeah. saw him at, at New York Comic Con talking about it with the poster and the reveal, and sure. he's, he's so fucking chill. That dude, he's just like, yeah, man, I'm doing Constantine. Love to play the character forever. You know, he's, he's just so cool. I mean, yeah. I I'll people, always be there to play more. Costume. It's hard not to look if people if, if people love you as the part. Why not? Like I know. He, he's everyone agrees he was a great Constantine. Yeah. However, they felt about the material itself. Yeah. However, they felt about Michael. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, and seeing him on Arrow was great too last season. Yeah. Uh, too bad there can't be more. Right. All right. Um. So yeah, that's happening. Interesting yeah. thing that's going on is Young Justice. Is back. It is back. I mean, this was the Young Justice cartoon. Wait, I remember, wait, Rich. No. Wait, Rich. You mean the series that was canceled three years ago? Was, yes, that series. It was canceled. I remember watching the premiere back when it premiered, like way back when. I was like in uh, 2010. Yeah, so I was in high school. That was that, like that's just crazy. I remember when it and it's so it's um, only been two seasons. Um, I mean, it's great. I mean, it's great. It's it was. I think the director, the pilot was also the director of Batman Under the Red Hood. Um, so, I mean, it was great storytelling, great animation. Um, could have easily gotten a third season, but um, I think the was it the reason they got season three was because there was a campaign to, if enough people watched it on Netflix, um, they would green light. Well, I'm sure that that's was, part of it. That was, I, mean, I don't, I don't know, know how that's much... not the only thing, but that was a big term. People watch, yeah. yeah, and I... I mean, it was canceled for toy sales. Sure. That's always the thing. It was a... I forget the exact specifics. I remember reading the article. Toy sales are extremely segmented. Mm-hmm. They've been sexist it, divided for about 30 years now, where it's like, in order to have like market focus, they want there to be boy toys and girl toys. And so Young Justice was spreading, basically, and women were interested in it. And so that was hurting its bottom line. Like it's toy sales. Toys are weird the way they are sold, the way they're marketed. Oh, so 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 Young Justice was getting a female following, and and for that reason, boys were like, ah, oh, fuck that. No, girls. it's not that. It's that it was not doing as well. I forget the exact. Well, point. no, but it's that been, would be the that would be the implication like though. That. Is that once women started getting in, girls started getting interested in it, that that would in order for it to hurt the bottom line rather than improving the bottom line, that would have to have an effect on the boys. Yeah, but no, no, toys. it's not that it was having an effect on the boys. It has an effect. Like. Again, toy sales are very weird, and it's been like a year since I read this. Yeah, but sure, it's sure. Basically, I just that want to get the gist. Toys that 
toys need to be gendered, basically. And when they start to have crossover, if they aren't meeting what they want the vision of that to be, then it's seen as harmful, even if like they're selling more toys. It really makes no sense. Yeah, that's yeah, why. Right. That's uh-huh. really why. All right. Um, but toy sales, I mean, I toys drive cartoons. Was, sure. And I did not sure. know that was the reason that I got canceled. I mean, oh. it's something to do with toy sales. I forget the exact specifics, so don't quote right. me on it. Again, right, right, I read yeah, this yeah, a yeah. year ago. Sure, but sure. Right. That it's was part of it. But I mean, regardless, um, though, it's coming back. That's awesome. That's why, if you watch Young Justice, though, especially like a lot of the early episodes, they have a lot of alternate <laughs> costumes in that show. And yeah, specifically so they can have like stealth stealth flash and aqua um mm. aqua artemis or stuff if like that. If you want to understand toy tying in in the most artificial and blatant way ever, watch any of the Lego TV series. They <laughs> are insane. Every episode has a new costume, a new weapon, mm-hmm. new vehicles. They're just like, oh, hey, guys, we got. I was watching uh, Nexo Knights, and they're like, hey, guys, check it out. It's the Fortrex. Now we have a mobile fortress where we can drive around. And they were like, but wait, there's more, guys. We each get our own individual vehicles. And they're like, woohoo! And then, like, one guy rolls out in, like, his, like, slingshot vehicle. Another guy flies in and his other shit. And they're like, oh, man, I don't have a vehicle. And the guy's like, I don't need one, man. And then he comes out, like, in his shield he flies around on so they could sell, like, the mini packs with him on his shield. I mean, the <laughs> Shit was, and then, and then, what do you see? Oh, this is the best part. Jestro is the bad guy in this. So Jestro has a scene where he's like, "I hate being bad. I'm bad, and I like it." And then he goes, uh, or he never said, "I hate being bad." He's like, "I love being bad." Uh, and then he goes over and he sees that the Nexo Knights have a Fortrex. So he says, "He goes, I need my own. I want something that's evil." And then they make uh, Jestro's evil mobile in the same episode. So it's like seven vehicles are introduced. And then if you watch Ninjago, each year, like a whole new array of like uh, grouped vehicles, separate vehicles. And they always have their base explode so a new base can be created. This shit's hilarious. I mean, that's toys, though. They make it. But what's funny is like really it's really the case with this because like they literally make the tv show to sell the toys like even like like even beyond any credible plot like whereas the other shows like there's still some creative people that want to make a good show in this case like maybe but like way more about selling that fucking fortrex dude so anyway that's i digress awesome. you should watch no, it for awesome. a laugh though man it oh, is that so funny it Just is so based funny. on that description that sounds awesome it's pretty um, entertaining to be honest and you so, know what's really fun buying and I'm feeding right in. Yeah. But buying one of the Nexo Knights toys and watching like the show while you're building it, that's just <laughs> the hookup, dude. It's the hookup. I love that. All right. So yeah, Young anyway. Knights just um yeah, I mean like You guys gonna watch I, it? You oh, guys I caught up? Yes. I, mean, I like, I'm not. I but I've been, I, I, I started that. watching it during yeah, the yeah. campaign because I'd always heard good things and now I've been watching it again. So I'm through sure. the first season. Nice. Sure. Yeah, I mean I mean I've always been a huge fan of DC animation and I mean, it's uh, this is just cool because I mean I remember watching the pilot, like I said, when it premiered in 2010, and so um, just to see it coming back is really exciting. Maybe uh, a campaign yeah. for Beware the Batman going. Beware, oh, no, we need. To, I oh, liked that show. That show was great, dude. Yeah. That show was welcome. I had the first season. I brought it over to Jordan's house. We watched a couple episodes. Yeah. It was pretty fun. Yeah, um, we can do that again. All right. So uh, this is the second to last story. When we talked, it was going to be the last story, but I have one secret story to, find okay. out, to finish All right. with. All right. um, the second to last story is Ezra Miller's Flash. Obviously, we all know that there's a beloved Flash on the CW right now. And then there's a movie Flash coming out who people have had mixed opinions of at best. Um, my opinion Including is like... directors. <laughs> really? 
No, like I mean, they keep leaving the movies. Leaving oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> all I know is Ezra Miller is a great actor or whatever. I just don't love him as Flash in my mind's eye. Now, right. he may be awesome, but here is where they're going with Ezra Miller Flash, and it was just announced that he is going to be a quote amateur hour Flash, whatever that means. Okay, so that I was get, a weird headline. I just it's really weird. Yeah. I mean, the it's not com- like they announced it. He mentioned it in an interview. Okay, I mean, like, the, okay, well then that's what they're planning. How about that? Is a better yeah, way to yeah, put yeah. it. The idea is though that he's not going to come into this like being like really good at with his speed powers. And and to me, that just sounds like they watched the Flash TV show and they were like, wow, that shit looks like a. Real that's thing. the first season. Yeah, well, that's Barry Allen. That's like still the show, but whatever. Yeah, that that show seems to be treading water um, mm. a lot and repeating old stuff. Like even there's a girl that sits next to me at work. I, I always bring her up because she's like she's 20 and she's the perfect example of like CW's target demo, like in a huge way. Yeah. And even she is like the Flash needs to do something new. And I was like, yeah, damn, yeah. dude, it really must. Look, in complete fairness to the show, I know we're getting off topic, but really, who cares about the movie? No, <laughs> I mean honestly, really, actually, that's nobody, a fair the question. director doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like I don't want to see it. Because I remember, because people were talking about it, like, two years ago when it was in the first season, it's like, it's burning through so much content, and it's like, because who knows if it can sustain, but it's like, it's worth it for this first season. And, like, retrospectively, it's like, that first season is still fantastic. Oh, it is. So, awesome. maybe it is worth it. They're, they're going somewhere. It's, it's look, of the four of the four CW shows, it is currently the weakest. I mean... Which is just really surprising. Really cause surprising, because back then, that's oh, all I heard. Was, oh, yeah. All yeah. I heard from, especially Jordan, was that The Flash is, like, it's it, it's the best show by far. The first season's fantastic. Yeah. The second season started off strong. Like, it's just, you know, when you compare it to Supergirl, which is, like, just crushing it every week, Legends, which has had a big, like, refocus... Yeah. Arrow, which is having a creative resurgence, is that yes. is that like second or first now? Arrow, no, it's third, but okay. but that's just on the. It probably it and Legends could go back and forth, okay. but you know it's been hit second. It it's 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 doing really well. It's gone very much a back to basics approach, and I don't. I, the Flash kind of feels like it's trying that at times this season. It's trying, but it's just like. Well, I don't know. The thing they did with Flashpoint, I knew that Flashpoint was By the way, gonna... you guys, be careful. Every time you start talking, Sorry, I yeah, know yeah, you're yeah, going yeah. into shit. You're really, you, you really, well, you really, really want to talk about. nothing to the, the like, identity of Reverse Flash. I don't ever want to hear it until I get to that's it. That's so far out of the Oh, the that's focus. not even, no, that's not, not Go ahead, go ahead. I just meant, like, I the mean, Flashpoint they, stuff. yeah, they were, I mean, I knew that when they said they were going to do Flashpoint, it would be a loose adaptation, but it's basically, it's just that they made it only one episode, yeah. not even a couple or a few. And it just and the ramifications are the there. The ramifications, but... but uh, it was but such not, a down note to start the season. It was a very downer and... Well, I heard... It, I don't know. I even heard a quote from that show somewhere, and I'm sure it's a little bit of a spoiler, but this one didn't bother me for whatever reason. And it was where he was saying, um, I kissed her twice, and both times... I managed to erase her memory afterwards or change time afterwards and make undo it or something. And I was like, oh my god, that sounds frustrating to watch. Yeah. I don't know. It's in rapid time travel. At the very least. Time travel in general is frustrating for me, but, you know, that's they're kind of obsessed with it on CW Airverse. Yeah. Well, but, anyway, so... So, yeah, the movie... Yeah, so whatever that means, at least amateur hour Barry Allen, if this movie happens and gets a new director, well, is, that's what... Yeah, it's going We'll see how well the movies next year do. It's no one. They've announced so many. They Wasn't keep somebody trashing Wonder movie. Woman? Wasn't somebody saying there was that open letter song. about yeah. someone? But I mean, who knows? There, the trailers are good, but the trailers have been good for the most part. Yeah. So it's hard to count on the trailers. I don't like yeah. to judge until it comes out. Uh, but yeah, 
Uh, okay, so speaking of DC movies, oh my, boy, my final story is about the Suicide Squad Extended Edition, Ugh. which I haven't seen yet because I'm not going to spend twenty five dollars for a digital copy. But I read about what's in it. Not a lot. <laughs> not a lot of what I wanted. Um, it's eleven minutes of footage. It's eleven right? minutes of footage, which is if it was all Joker and Harley, and all of a sudden he started smacking her around, and it was an abusive relationship, and depicted properly like it should have been. Um, then, and not that I want to see her slapped around. That's that. Came I know out what wrong. you mean, but, but to, that, to be yeah. authentic to what that relationship is, right? Like if that had happened, and like they did some editing, and then anyway, that would have been really cool. But that is not where they're going because again, the girl that sits next to me is like, I love the Joker and Harley. They're so in love in a crazy way. Anyway, I digress. People like that. Some people, um, movie grossed a lot of fucking money. Yeah. So anyway. Um, the scenes are, from what I've heard, the extended Harley scene at the bar, which makes me happy, because at least there's that, hey guy, I think you should stick to WADA, or whatever, that that scene is back. <laughs> um, the scene that I always bitched about being gone, because I saw it was like the first shot of that movie I ever saw, was that scene in the Lamborghini, the Purple Lamborghini. <laughs> the fucking Skrillex song is called Purple Lamborghini, and that shit ain't even in it. Yep. Uh, or maybe it is in it. I don't know. But anyway, the ch- there's a scene. It's a flashback scene, and it's the Joker and Harley. And I actually only saw like a little clip of it, and it's the Joker. Man, it does not give me any good ammunition for saying the Joker had a good performance. <laughs> it's him in the purple Lambo, and Harley's chasing him on a uh, on a motorcycle, and she's just like, "Get back here!" And then and then he's in there. He's like, "Err, <laughs> That's his 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 acting is him groaning and groaning about ah she's there. I mean it's just it, it, it's you got to see the scene because okay. it's just like I can't believe he's just gutturally moaning to like exposit anyway and then like he gets there and apparently they have a conversation about how I'm an idea you can't love an idea or something like that and something really like cheesily meta. To put it right, blatantly. Right, right. Sure. But anyway, so that happens. And then he's like, you know, so basically the idea being that... Anyway, and then there's supposedly another scene where... That was 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 welcome. Which was seeing what happened before he says, I'm going to hurt you really, really badly. Which is that you get to see, like, him saying to her what she did to him. She said, you tried to take my identity from me. You tried to make me think I was something for the one I was thinking. Now you're going to pay. Or something like that. Um, but basically, it's it's just a bunch of scenes that make it look like the Joker hates Harley, and then kind of makes it weird that any what comes after it's it's odd. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's an odd it's it's odd decisions. I still want to see it pieced together because I've only seen Suicide Squad once. And I want to see it again anyway, and I might as well watch that version with the more scenes in it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem like it's like rectified the problems, and it certainly yeah. didn't give us the Joker performance that was left on the quote cutting room floor. So. I don't know. We'll see. I just couldn't believe this scene. It was literally... I mean, I gotta show it to you guys after this. It's literally a little clip. And the Joker's like... (laughs) Oh, I gotta watch this. I mean, it's hilarious. I couldn't even believe it. I was like, oh my god, is this for real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, anyway. Alright, so that'll be fun to watch one day. Cool. Uh, And that does it for news. That's news. Alright. Let's talk about Comic-Con. On to the con. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so we were all there... I was there two days. You guys are there Saturday. Um, how do we want? Anyone want to talk? Well, first? let's start with you, Kev, because you Michael. were on some panels. How, how? I was. It was. Yeah, it was. Like um, everything else that's going on and all the standard con stuff. Not a lot of people are on panels because there aren't nearly as many spots. Sure, there sure. Are attendees. Sure. What was that like? What were your panels? This was fun. So yeah, on Friday the panel I was on was uh, on writing comic reviews and just reviews in general of film, TV, comic. It was, the focus was on comics, but. 
it was me, my friend Zach was on there, one other guy who has his YouTube channel, um, and then Matt was our moderator. He writes reviews for Ultimate Comics. Um, that was good. It was in the um, one of the theaters in Carolina Theater, Durham. Um, not a whole lot of people showed up to that one, but it was still a lot of fun. We were basically just talking about um, the process of writing reviews, um, you know, uh, how to write um, ones that are positive and, and if they're negative how to do it without, you know, sounding like a troll. Um, and uh, I, probably one question I asked was, um, how do you write a review of a comic by a friend that you didn't necessarily like that much? I haven't had run into that I, situation. It's called You Don't. Yeah, I know. That was, yeah, that was. You don't do that. <laughs> you just find a reason to not be the person reviewing. <laughs> Period. Yeah, that was, yeah. It was just, I mean, but they were good questions, though. It was, that was a good conversation. It was just, it was fun talking with other bloggers and YouTubers, podcasters on that one. Just, um, so, and they, each panel lasted about an hour. Um, but yeah, I did, so on Friday I did that and then watched a couple movies in the Carolina Theater Durham. Um, what did you see? That night I just, I was watching Big Trouble Little China and then. Oh, they really? Went, I've never seen went, that. Oh, one. I, see, oh I, I need I, to I mean, see that. By the way, does it have, now that you've seen it again, does it have a synth soundtrack? Have a oh my god, this dog is killing me. Yeah, sorry, Kevin's my, dog is my... trying to... Anyway, he's trying yeah, to like yeah. lick food scraps up. Yeah, it's yeah, driving yeah. me Candy. nuts. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> our glamorous... Here in the studio... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's shatter the illusion. Yeah, my studio... Our studio is my room, just in, uh, I think I that, that's probably... Wanted. I know that's come up people before. know that. I think people know that, but like... <laughs> they just, are aware. Just thought we'd remind you. But um, anyway, um, so that one went really well. Um, the real the ones were on Saturday... Um, the first one was... Penny don't give a out. fuck. No, nah, she doesn't. Penny does not she really listen. doesn't. It used to be she would stop when I'd stop her. I'm going to move the arm out a little. This is my robotic arm. She's Can you move the to. arm up? That's what I'm doing. So she can't reach it? That's what I'm doing. Oh, Pandy. Sorry. Where'd it go? Sorry. <laughs> this live dog taunting brought to you by brought the Brought to you by the Oh, oh God. I love dogs. Don't even... <laughs> no, we know. We know. Uh, anyway... So, Saturday, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I lost so, yeah, Friday, entire, I don't know what you've been saying. <laughs> I apologize. It's all good. It's all good. I was just talking about that panel. You know what um, they say, never act with kids or dogs, because they steal the show, man. <laughs> they do. And now she's over to your backpack. That's okay. So. She can hang. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Friday was fun. Yeah, I did that. I um, also, I talked with some of the creators. I talked with Vendetti then. Um, mm-hmm. And I got to talk with Klaus Jansen for a little bit. I didn't get him to sign anything, but um, I was just, it was, I mean, any... If a comic legend like that is going to be there, and his table wasn't that busy, so I went and talked to them for That's, a few minutes. That is the that funny thing. Just, there yeah. are certain people that you meet at these conventions, even at Heroes. We rolled up on the dude from Legendary Comics, and like yeah. this dude's a fucking living yeah. legend yeah. of comics and television, and nobody, nobody's even there. No, I mean, like, he gave us like hardcover like trades, and he gave Jordan like a whole series of, of floppies, right? Just because like nobody was coming over, it was ridiculous. Granted, this this was guy's like, a hero. This was early Friday afternoon, but still, I mean, I got to talk with the guy who no. Normally, Inked. normally did people like that and all that for Dark Knight Returns. That's just cool. Um, yeah. So that was awesome. But um, yeah, so that panel on Friday went well. Um, the real cool ones were on Saturday. Yeah, they were. Um, so the first one um, took place in the armory while the cosplay was. It was called Convention Capabilities, and it was about disability related to both cosplay and conventions. Um, so I'm not a cosplayer, but we had there were two other girls on there that were the other panelists, and they were both avid cosplayers. Um, that they created this panel at Animazement, which is the big anime convention in Raleigh. 
Um, and so it was a really exciting a good turnout. Show. It was a great which shows me, one. which it shows was. me that this isn't as niche as niche yeah. as you might think. This is a really prevalent issue yeah, for yeah. people that these events, like a lot of people, come out. Um, and I think that's awesome that it's a welcoming environment. I just oh, think absolutely. That's awesome. And I mean, um, it was just really great to talk about um, just. Oh, and that well, that was the thing. Like I, I, one of the questions we were talking about that about like accessibility and conventions, um, how to make them more accessible. And I said, you know, like. I mean, most conventions I've been to, especially NC Comic Con, does a really, they do a really fantastic job of, like, in making it easy for people with disabilities to get around, and um, all the volunteers are always helpful. Um, it's a real, I mean, it's one of the better kind of environments for people with disabilities in terms of... Um, it's also a very accepting people. environment. Oh, very general. accepting environment, so, and it's just like, and um, there's always people there to help you out if you need them. Um, but we thought, we hit on a lot of great things. There were... Um, Matt was also moderating that one as well. Um, and yeah, we just, I mean, I brought up mainly issues like, well, that's why I said that, um, like I need a lot of help related to just everyday physical kind of activities. And that's why the volunteers at NC Comic Con especially are always there, really helpful. Um, there was a really cool idea that came out about having a con buddy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that was I. Because... It'd be a really good idea for there to be like dedicated staff members. Yeah, that yeah. just like for people that don't that like you know you have you were saying sure. us and your your friend group to help you right, in any way right. you need. But there are people probably who want. I'm sure there are oh, that yeah, want to come yeah. that don't necessarily have the support. They may not have anybody a caretaker, sure, sure. and they want to come and sure. and they should certainly be able to. Sure. And one of the volunteers even offered that on when I, I was Friday. I was just by myself, but um, oh yeah, they offered that, and I said. Yeah, that would be a really cool thing to do in the coming years. But um, it was it was just good. I mean, I always like I, I one of the things I said was I think just talking about your disability and making it bringing it as an awareness thing is really what helps a lot of the you know as far as issues that come about of accessibility, getting around um, accommodations, all those you know become more easy to solve when you have more awareness. And so mm-hmm. that's what I, it was just awesome being on the panel. Um, and yeah, it was a great attendance too. That was yeah, that, I was mean, really, I was, yeah. was a solid. lot of times, yeah. a lot of times drier subjects like right, that. Right, I right. mean, whatever it might be, sure. disabilities or who knows what, or, or creating or even just something. some just some like something no learning, name, no name creators kind of thing, kind or, of, or, yeah, or, or like, even yeah. something where you're learning something as opposed yeah. to like geeking out over a series you love. But sure, instead, sure. you're learning the nuts and bolts of copyright law in yeah. comics or something. They yeah. tend to have a lower turnout. I was sure. really happy to see that a lot of people were there. It was exciting. Um, yeah, so that was really fun. Then, and then, then we did. We got. Oh, this one was. This awesome. I got to tell you. This was. And just to preface this, this was one of the best con experiences on a panel that I've had. I've done. Yeah. A, you know, a couple. You've done a Magfest. We did Magfest panel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've done other panels in the past. Um, we inter- we introduced a movie at Magfest that was really fun to do. Oh yeah, nice. we did do that. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Uh, what movie did, was it? Uh, it was Indie Game the movie. Yeah, it was Indie Game the oh, movie. Cool. Nice. We oh. talked to the direct one, like one of the very first episodes yeah. of this podcast. Yeah, you can go back on this feed and oh, you I'll will see. It yeah, it's Indie Game the movie. We talked to them. It was so cool. It was uh, myself, Jordan, and Tim sitting Indian style in an indie theater, which has since been taken over by Harris Teeter. Of course. But back then it was an indie theater. It was awesome. And we were sitting like we were like, let's find a place to sit. And the five of us, the two directors of that indie game. 
which has just become you know a legendary movie sure. at this point. Um, it's like a primer, right? You can give it to yeah, your yeah, parents yeah. and say this is what gaming is, right? Um, and uh, and so the five of us sat down and we just had a conversation. I had a little recorder and it sounded great. It came out really well. Great questions. They were totally forthcoming. Yeah. Um, they they talked about like Catfish the movie and uh-huh. and how like they knew it was fake and everyone was giving it a standing ovation. They're sitting there in the audience. They were there at Cannes the year it won. Yeah. I mean, just inside baseball shit. About uh, yeah, the documentary awesome. game, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but anyways, I digress. The I've done a lot of this kind of stuff, Jordan. I know you've done some too. Oh, yeah. um, and this was <clears> one <throat> of the best panels I've ever been on, as far as just having just, fun. It was, it was just a so great fun. time. It was a great time. And so, I didn't even know these guys. I'd never listened to their podcast before. Yeah. Just hadn't come across yeah. it. And man, uh, these are really it was cool a blast. guys. These are really so, cool guys. Yeah, we joined up with the Name Redacted podcast. Um, you can find them. I started to listen to them this week. Um, I also hadn't like listening to them before they've been going for over a year now um but yeah they invite they brought me on originally it was they brought me on and i'm like um, you were the, yeah like, you were the I official was, right i was the official like yeah. My, yeah one of the panelists and then um we all got to be on about um a few minutes into it was and it, this will be maybe by the time this is out it might be up yet because they were recording all their panels that day um as podcasts and they did like five I, they put up one yesterday so um, this one should go live um, in the next week or two, yeah. I don't think. Um, but ours, so the it was the topic was technically like getting making getting yourself heard, like um, that topic as a podcast. No, and, so well, pretty I, much well, everybody there was there because they were fans of Name Redacted yeah. and they wanted to watch them be like, do a podcast. Do podcast. Yeah. So yeah. that's what happened. And so the Name Redacted is there is just like a storytelling podcast. It's just three nerds that just talk about whatever they want to. And that's basically what we did. And, I mean, I met them that Friday, and I talked to Alex there, um, who's, like, they're rich. You know, they're, like, the guy that uh, heads them up. It's three guys, Alex, Chris, and Colin. Um, And, yeah, they're just, like, we just had a great time geeking out for 45 minutes to an hour or whatever it was. Um, And so, yeah, we just, it was a great time. We just talked with them. We hit on, we were asking about each other's shows, kind of, like, how we got started, um, what our topics are, um, all those kind of things. It's just, I mean... I was that, blown away in, in my... Just before we got up on stage, I was blown away at how well you repped our podcast, even the parts that you weren't here for. Oh, thanks. Like, yeah. you know your shit. Like, thanks. you know the history of this podcast. I was really impressed, except for the fact we were going a little longer than you had said. I think we did, like, five or six years of this at this point, um, because just going back to the original Joy yeah, of Oh, if you're going all the way back to the college episodes that don't exist online. I yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I do. Go, I mean, that, we were doing it. That is yeah. true. Uh, so anyway, we have a, a story gotcha, long yeah, history yeah. at this point, um, sure. which is one of the things I love about our podcast is that, I mean, we've been down in it, you know, yeah. um, for a long, in the trenches working hard, and, and hopefully, you know, this coming year, 2017, you know, we did the infrastructure building this year, and then in 2017, hopefully we can really take it to the masses. Sure, That's the sure. goal. But anyway, I hugely digress. Um, it was, but yeah, you wrapped us really well, oh, and, th- and then and then we ended up going up there and talking for twenty to thirty minutes with those guys. Yeah, and man, it was fun. It was just awesome. And so um, we, we, t- and we it's talked- it's simpatico with those yeah. dudes. And we, we just- oh, and we said on the show, and we talked to them after, like we want to do more collaboration. Oh sure, um, sure. they're going to be at it. It would be crazy not to. Oh absolutely, cra- I mean, just, we just get along yeah. great with those guys. It's super fun. It was. Uh, just we both such have. An we both have a. We both have a group of listeners. Uh, and to you know, we would love to introduce our listeners to their podcast and vice sure. versa. Sure. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's that's happening. So we're definitely, talk to them about oh, it. and definitely check these guys out. So yeah, they're. Yeah, I please. mean, they're where, like. Where can uh, people I mean, find them? And we'll we'll say this at the end too. I mean, it's just at the name Redacted Podcast. They're on Facebook and Twitter as well. But 
If you, I mean, they're all like uh, they're um, on iTunes as well. Yeah, they're, actually, um, they're on everywhere. They said they have the Stitcher yeah, and sorry, all that just, stuff. So anywhere did, where you get podcasts, they when I said. when I searched it yesterday, it came right up. So, yeah, and um, you'll also yeah. see, uh, like you just said, you can find our crossover episode with them or yeah, we'll con episode, it. and then we'll have like a real crossover. Yeah, it'll be on the page. We'll link it. Yeah. It'll yeah, tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For all sure. that jazz. Um, but that was a blast. It was just great talking with them. It was just you know and. Um, yeah, they're like, we're more journalism based than they are, but they're more like storytelling thing, but it was just, we're all nerds. Well, their thing that I thought was interesting, and this isn't the kind of podcast that I would particularly want to do, at least at this point in life, Mm because there's so much media I'm just always dying to talk about. However, I was really intrigued by, and I love that we're different, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was really intrigued by the fact that they were talking about how there's different types of things to nerd out about. And I always have felt that way. That's one of the simpatico things I felt. But they were saying they have guys that do breweries on. And they yeah, have yeah. guys that, that are that are chefs at restaurants on. Uh-huh. Because you can be just as nerdy about that stuff as you can about anything else. Sure. And I thought that was a really good perspective that they bring. It is, yeah. And They had a lot of range, too. Like, right. Like, that's one thing that because I've been into you know gaming and, and, and TV and, and movies and and comics for so long comics a little less than all the rest mm-hmm. but because of that I, I mean I have a wealth of I'll call it maybe useless knowledge in a lot of ways but just a wealth of shit stored in my head <laughs> and, and just a real wide range and these guys there wasn't anything that I brought up and I could have brought up anything out of the blue and there wasn't anything that they weren't like I know exactly what you're talking about and in fact yeah, I yeah, love yeah. it too in most cases right. so they just they're very well read and, and know their shit oh yeah it was great and I was listening to one of theirs yesterday which they brought this artist um, Chris Wharton on um, the sh- on that same episode, and um, they had done a separate. Well, they had done several episodes with them before that, mm-hmm. so I was listening to one of those earlier. But um, yeah, that was a blast. It was just like I mean, a bunch of nerds, nerd geeking out for forty five minutes. So and they feel very strongly about that idea too. So apparently, I didn't. I just like the way geek sounds better personally. Oh yeah, I like um, yeah. However. You know, a lot. I guess that the more PC thing has become geek than nerd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they've made it like their mission we're to nerds. say that like we're nerds if we want to say we're nerds, and that's what we want to say. So they refer to themselves as nerds, and that's big to them. So that's interesting. Sure. And they're just like you know, I see no negative connotations with that word. Sure. So cool. So yeah, that was a blast. Um, but yeah, it was. I was basically I'd done those three panels. So tell me after. Um, so I had to leave after that. Tell me what you guys did afterwards. We. Oh well, yeah, we the, saw the Phantom of the Paradise. Which, yeah, which is a, a it was awesome. Tell the me Brian, about this movie. The name sounds awesome. I know it has something to do with Phantom of the Opera. Well, it's, it's a Brian De Palma, nineteen seventy four. Seventy four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's a legit movie. Oh yeah. Because oh, yeah. the way you talked about it, it sounded like it was culty. Like oh, it is. Culty, oh, it's very culty, but culty shitty. Not, this was before Brian De Palma was like Scarface and Untouchable. Did, did he do? Um, was he the one who did uh, the very first Headhunter or whatever? The very first uh, Salt uh, of the Lambs. Man. Manhunter? Manhunter. I think that was Michael Mann. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Get it? Manhunter? Uh, <laughs> um, right. No, this yeah, we saw awesome. that. This is a movie I wanted to see for five, six years, something like that. Just It's always been interesting. It's basically like, it's sort of a mix of, of Phantom of the Opera type. It's, it's, it's basically a retelling of Faust. Which is Faust. Yeah, I love Gerda's Faust. In fact, I read it uh, in my la- senior year of high school. I love that book. It's really great. It, it play. Well, it's basically it's about an. And Obama did the first Mission Impossible. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that movie's yeah. great. Oh yeah. That movie's great. 
he did uh he but but anyway it's about a guy who is writing a cantata that is based on faust and it's like this one long operatic thing and it gets stolen from him and he makes a deal with this producer who's like no we'll turn it into pop songs and then keeps trying to screw him over he gets his face burned off and a metal mask that he puts on in a voice box that's like a he hooks into a synthesizer and they like the producer's like turning all the knobs and stuff so that even though he sounds horrible it like synths his voice to a right oh my god how 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 prophetic it is yeah and so he's like it's the auto-tune the movie (laughs) it's auto-tune the fucking film yeah, you just see him like it's like two minutes of him no, that's, twisting knobs. There's it's, producers that they use auto tune yeah, now, yeah, yeah. just like that. Oh my god, that's visionary! Um, Holy hey, shit! But it's got a lot of great musical numbers. Oh yeah, uh, that, I mean, it was just so psychedelic, and I mean, the and what was that one line in it that was like, I, it was so bizarre and funny, but it was like, I would never sacrifice my. Personal yeah, the, interest for aesthetic differences or something. Yeah, one of those, such a like, pretentious. One of those pretentious like, lines from a cult movie that like, makes no sense whatsoever. He shows up at a, an on audition, and there's all these girls there to like, or all these women there to practice this song for the producer. He's like, "No, but I wrote it." And then there's the the main female love interest of the film, and he talks to her, and she he says how much he likes her. She's like, "Do you really mean it?" And he's like, "No, I would never." You know, and he says that where he's like, yeah, yeah, "What yeah, does yeah. he say?" It's, I can't remember the exact line, exact but it was line. like. Sacrifice like personal something for aesthetic differences. Or something. It made no sense. But <laughs> it was just one of those cult movie lines that are just everyone in the theater laughed. That's I love watching cult movies in a big theater with a bunch of people because especially one like that where it's not like you know Big Lebowski. Everyone knows every minute of it and is quoting it all the time. Um, I, I'm sure there were people in there that had seen it before, but it was like still one of those really lesser known cult movies. And I'd never um, heard everyone's, of it. Oh I've yeah, heard no. of a lot of shit. And I mean, I and I'd heard I'd seen some of the Bumas earlier. Like I've seen Blowout, which is a movie with John Travolta in, in the wow. early '80s. But um, is it about a blowout comb? No, it's about like a um, he's like a sound. Uh, he's a movie sound recordist. Damn, um, dude. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities there. Yeah, he was like, I'm gonna write. More than one movie about sound producers. Yeah, it, which is interesting. And then he did all his mafia stuff later on. And then Mr. I'm going to make more than one movie about mafia stuff. Yeah, um, also Obama's Carrie. Interesting. He's a really, he did Carrie too. Yeah, <laughs> I am no, going he, to make yeah. at least one movie about a girl who has creepy power. Oh no, a yeah. car. Yeah, is that the car one? No, yeah. Christine is the car. One. Oh, Carrie, yeah, yeah, Carrie's yeah, yeah, the yeah. girl. The psychic. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, right yeah, the yeah. first time with the pigtails and Barrymore. Right, right. right. Just pre getting on drugs real bad. No, that's yeah. Firestarter. God damn it! <laughs> what the fuck is Carrie then? Carrie is Stephen King's first novel, which is the girl who has psychic powers, oh, not pyrokinetic oh, powers. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. That was uh, Sissy Spacek, and then uh, Hit Girl. <laughs> wow, what's her name? The actress. Hyperspace um, or something? No. Um, Skylar Fisk? Why am I drawing a blank on her name? Zoe Chloe Moretz. Chloe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chloe Moretz. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, Speaking of which, I went to film school uh, with uh, Skylar Fisk, daughter of Sissy Spacey. Oh, that's cool. But, no, so Phantom of the Paradise was a that lot was of fun. Yeah. Um, I watched four movies, though, because, I mean, I mean, I, I did Big Trouble and They Live the night before. Then I watched Cliff's NC Comic Con documentary, which we'll talk about more. And then this, so yeah, um, it was fun. But no, it was a really fun time. It was for me one of the most interesting things. How crowded was it? Uh, it was pretty it was packed. Pretty yeah, it wasn't too it bad was, though. They, I mean, it they pa- figured it out. It Two was years in the Fletcher, ago. It was in the Fletcher Theater though, so it was like uh, oh, the, the movie, the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. I thought you meant the pecan in general. No, no. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it yeah, felt yeah, less yeah, crowded. Yeah. Although I know it had just as much of a turnout. They did figure it out better. They were space using, was yeah. yeah really good. But anyway, no, the, the movie. Uh, the movie was pretty packed. Yeah, it was a packed house. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, no, for me, it was a good weekend. Um, do you have anything else? Any yeah, other I want to hear, you were going to talk about, um, what was your fourth movie? Oh yeah, the con thing. So tell us about the Comic-Con movie. Yeah, it was, I mean, this was one, so we brought on Cliff Bumgarner, our friend, um, a few months ago on the show to talk about this and the Miller World Annual that was right before the Miller World Annual came out. Um, but it was really cool. I mean, it's a 40 minute feature detailing kind of what we touched on at the beginning of the show about how the con came together, its origins, being at the mall and all that, and then how it evolved into this crazy thing. So it's mostly comprised of footage from last year and then interviews with Alan, Brockton, Tommy, um, all the directors. Um, but it, I, he did a really great job with it. I was, you know, cause I, it, they did the premiere in like, I think September or something was when it was, but I hadn't been able to make it to any of the screenings so far cause they were out in Durham and, during the week usually so i've been wanting to see it but um it was really cool it, you know they um he did it with uh, amazing studios which is a company he worked for for about a year um and yeah it was really cool in terms of showing the origins of the con how it's evolved and then yeah used a lot of footage from it basically documented all three days of the show last year um so did the big panel with gerard way and charlie and tommy last year um, and then all the stuff going on Sunday and Saturday and Sunday. Uh, it was really good. It was and fair turnout to that too. Um, I, was, I, I watched that right I, before our panel. I have one thing to point out. Um, so I'm a big fan of you know emo music from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that that's that popped its head up a couple times. I'll, I'll let you hear the one time when you listen to the panel that we did with uh, Name Redacted. It, it came up. Yeah. Um, but um, in R E Gerard Way. But I also found out that there is a new thing called fourth wave emo, and that there's like a big f- like fan base, or excuse me, big like group of bands around here that that like makes that here in Texas that yeah. makes that music. Uh, it was through your friend uh, Lucas. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was yeah, telling yeah, me about yeah, it, yeah. but uh, but he, they actually have a really good band. I heard some of their music; it was really interesting, really cool sure. stuff. Uh, it's very rare you meet somebody and they're like, "Yeah, dude, I have a band," and you listen to it and it's not shitty. You know what I mean? That's very <laughs> rare, and in this case, was one of those cases. So that was cool. But just to find out that. Uh, music that I like so much is back and alive and well was was nice. So that was a nice sure. little touch for me. Um, were you going to talk about? Are we going to talk about the books we got? Just like an overview. I don't want to bore yeah. people with a list, but just sure, like, sure. what's the overview of what you guys picked up? Yeah, because those couple, are all the things picks. I did, and then talk to creators. Um, books I picked up. I did. They were a lot more trades this year because they've. Exp- I mean, the, um, I think it helped a lot that we had um, more vendors this year. The same vendors we had at Oak City, so. Arkham Comics, um, Chapel Hill Comics, Sailfish, but I did, from one vendor that was, I also saw my heroes, did a, um, five trades for 20 bucks, so I got, um, some of these I got for a friend, but, um, so the first volume of Jason Aaron's Wolverine the X-Men, first volume of Superior Spider-Man from a few years ago, um, the Mark Millar, um, Fantastic Four run, and then the first two trades of Lazarus, which was, I guess... Hell oh, yeah, yeah, Rock that, what? That's, that I'm excited about. Um, and then I got... Let's see... I, I got found the third volume of Outcast for, like, nice. five bucks. So nice. I picked that up. I, mean, I heard was, rumors that there was a fifth volume of Nailbiter, but I can't confirm because I never saw it. I'm just kidding. I know it was there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I got those. Um, Wrath of the Eternal Warrior, which I'll talk about in, in what book we've been reading. Um, and what was the other? I know I picked up one more. What else did I get? Let's see. That's all right. If you think of it, what did you get, Jordan? Yeah. You'll come back to it. Uh, well, 
I was just some really good tables, like, really, in terms of uh, sales stuff. There was the 5 for 20 place, which has been a pretty a staple of Heroes Con and this show last year. Yeah. So it was cool. Got some stuff there. And then there was also yeah. one there was, like, 3 for $10. Yeah, that, that one was legit. Yeah, it was. Uh, so a lot of cool things there. Mostly, it was a few odds and ends. Books I picked up. Uh, I I got caught up, finally, on the X-Men books in that... I've been I have I collected a few already in trade that were further along down the line. Or I should say like, Bindus's uh, uh, all new X-Men slash or what? The all new and uncanny race okay, yeah, yeah. from right, Bindus. And, so, and well and Jordan and I, I think I coined the phrase, but Jordan and I always talk about this and it's really funny. So Jordan has done this thing for a while. You know, when you go to a con, like I think the first one it happened with was uh, Angel. Yeah. Um and so he buys like he's not done watching Buffy or Angel. Yeah. And he's like, so obviously he hasn't read any of the Buffy comics yet. So he sees like this insane deal on like this Angel like four pack of the trades for like the third season of the comic or whatever. It was the it was the first. Okay. First season of the comic. The, but the he, comics, the first four. Okay. Regardless, way out for him, right? So I, I always would ask him, I was like, so what are you going to, you know, are you watching this? What are you mm-hmm. doing there? And so whenever he either watches a show that was like in between like the old comics and the ones he's now bought for the future mm-hmm. or when he like reads or when he buys comics like so now in this case with uncanny x-men and all new x-men he had like volume six and seven or something mm-hmm. but not like four and five you know and he also has a ninja turtles in the same way uh of the new ninja turtles run that that uh, bobby Kernow edits and um anyway so whenever he buys those i'm just like dude you just unlocked your content <laughs> You know what I mean? Because in that way, those the books six and seven now become valid or unlocked to you. So I always like talking sure. about unlocking your content. It's fun for me. Sure, that sure. was really long winded and boring sounding, but it's a cool concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so I did that. Now I only have did one you more unlock. Well, I only have one more uncanny to get. And okay. It's the very last one of his run. So I'm, and that's it for the run. That's it for his no, run. All yeah. Well, there's all new, but it's by Hopeless now. I like Hopeless. Oh, you mean this runs to the end of all new? No, mm-hmm. there's a, there's like a. Uh, a, a event or something, right? What do you mean? Do you have the last all new book that exists? Yeah, there were only seven volumes of all of Bindus's all new X. And you have the seventh. Yes. Oh, okay. Is that the I end? Need There's no the event after sixth it. Sixth uncanny. That's the last. There's of no the whole event run. after the all new. No. Well, Black Vortex happened sort of in the middle, but all the books skip it. Okay. And it wasn't that well received, so yeah. I might read it eventually. But I'm not well, a fan of Bindus's anyway. Guardians, yeah. so yeah, I could read it on Unlimited. Um, and then, uh, the biggest thing I hit was the Valiant table. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, dude. They are so cool there. That's get, right. I, yeah, Eternal Warrior. I ended up getting seven Valiant books because they do great deals if you get a bunch. Yeah. And then that three for ten table had a couple of different Valiant trades. Uh, for the most part, I didn't get anything that I can't read. The only, that's why they had Rye Volume 4, and I was very tempted by it. But I was like, I don't have two or three, and I need to reread one. And I was yeah. just like, and I didn't, I wasn't the craziest about the first one, so, eh. That was kind of my there. But I got a good number of Valiant books. Um, and the last thing is I got a bunch of books from independent crea- or creators going through the the artist's alley type thing, uh, which was a lot of fun. I got um, from uh, Jeremy Whitley, I got the next Princeless. We talked to him for a while. Dude, that dude's so cool. Oh, he was, man. by the way, again, not not going to go into any of the info he told us, but total inside baseball. Great guy. Oh, he's the man, yeah. Also, he's a, well, he's always been a friend of Ultimate, so he's, I mean, he... 
Like, and he was one of the first action lab creators. He just to him, I, the, the, to me the thing that's so great about him is his dry humor is so funny. <laughs> that dude is just I can see why his books are hilarious because he's just so funny. He's so relatable. Yeah, he was just yeah. talking about this is one thing I can mention. He was talking about the misnumbering on his books. And I was dying. I was literally like laughing just about this. Just and he wasn't laughing. He was just like, he was just like, "Yep, there's a number five on issue four. Mm-hmm. and just like pale faced. <laughs> but there's something about his eyes that were funny. You know what I mean? He's just a funny guy. Yeah, yeah. It was cool talking to him. He's always fun to talk to. He's obviously a staple of the local community. Sure. Um, but but just yeah, just just hearing him and also a workaholic because he was talking oh, about how he's like, well, he sounded like an issue seven. Now. Yeah, like like. On all his books. Like, he was talking I was about listening to Wasp, Princeless, Pirate Princess, just everything. He's, like, way deeper. And props to him for his Marvel breakthrough. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, so, he was talking about that on the... He was on the first Name Redacted panel, um, which I listened to on the podcast yesterday, and he said that... Um, I can't... It was a Wasp issue or something. He was, like... Because um, he, he was just talking about what the transition's been like to writing for mainstream now. And Is he, he said, talking about the... Is this the Wade story? No. The, the what? Nothing. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I don't know. But it, anyway, it was like they, it was like, th- he said, this was like Thursday, and they asked me if I could get an outline to them by Monday, and he whips one out, and, so, you know, and um, it's just the production schedule, and he was talking about, uh, like, how crazy it is and how artists keep up with, but uh, he's a machine, like, the, I mean, like Charles Solism, uh, I mean, just I like, think they're very similar in those ways, like except... That. Personally, well, anyway, it was it was also fun because he was telling us some, he was also talking about his Marvel work and how it was, yeah, he yeah. was writing. He collaborated with Mark Wayne. He he was basically like, I wrote some science shit to cover up like an explanation that Mark Wayne actually came in and like gave some semi legitimate yeah, yeah, yeah. science. You to want explain. to talk about work ethic, dude? Mark Wade is a machine. Oh, Everywhere I look, there's like Mark Wade's writing books. Still, he's in my top three. He, me too. Artist, he's an amazing yeah. writer, and yeah. he can churn it out, and it's and it's all like top quality. He's so talented. Um, but yeah, there was there was a lot of cool yeah. stories there, and I mean, you know, Whitley has collaborated with him pretty pretty closely, at least uh-huh. on a couple issues. So that's exciting for him, sure. uh, man. If I was working with Mark Wade, I I might like close my eyes and, and go to heaven. Text you know? myself, yeah. yeah. Uh, another one, AAI Wars, <laughs> AAI Wars, which was a uh, first issue from a independent creator whose name I, I hate to say I can't remember at the moment just because I don't have it literally right in front of me. Oh, is this the one that looks like Contra? Yeah, it's That's like sweet. video game inspired and it very much feels like like if, if you were to take a NES video game and transition it to a comic. It's like it's like what you would find in the tie-ins or like the Doom Guy comic. It, it feels like that, but very intentionally. Like he, he sold it that way at the poster Contra and he said that each issue is going to have covers based on different NES Contra games. Contra 1, no, no, just Contra. Or the Contra. Contra, games, yeah. Contra 2, uh, or Super, Super C. C. Contra, uh, Contra 3. 3, Alien Wars, and then Contra 4 for SNES. And uh, it was, he, he was, uh, he said, you know, and it's so funny. He told us this. I'm not talking shit. I'm just, it was really funny how he said it. He, he told us this like it was like this revelatory story. He's like, so you want to hear how I got the idea? One day I was playing Contra and I was like, dude, there's no comic about Contra yet. <laughs> and I was like, that's awesome. This guy rocks. This no, guy's just like, fuck yeah, Contra. And it's just, it's it's a fun, it's a fun issue. It's one issue, so it, I know, it's that's hard the thing. to bite I wish into. there was a trade, you know? Well, it's independent. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's got it, but he kickstarted it. There's another Kickstarter for that coming in January, which I will probably back just because yeah. it's always good to support people. Um, not oh, that yeah. I have any experience in that or no. <laughs> uh, but no, he was really cool. Pickle guy um, was there. Yeah, JR, JR Mounts, man. This guy is my favorite I person to see at the con. Can't believe he does 29 shows. Or was it 60? Uh, it was something insane. No, it was 39. He did 39 shows this year. 
He he lives there. I mean, he lives at the cons, basically. Uh, uh, I don't know. He's, he's I get worn out over he's a couple a, conventions. He's, a, back he's back. A, an organism unto himself. He's a complete original. He was. He's telling us, and I, I guess I'd never heard the story before. And maybe I had. I met his wife one time, and that was really inspirational. Just how much she loves him and supports him. Like she was just like one day, and the way it comes down to is he was working a corporate job. He was miserable but wealthy. And he came home one day, and he was just like told his wife, like I'm miserable and I'm an asshole to you, and I don't want to be an asshole to you. I don't want you to have an asshole for a husband anymore. Um, I got to do something different. And she was like, if that job is making you miserable, you got to leave. And so he quit his job, and she's basically supporting them while he does his comic stream. Um, and now he's not an asshole to her anymore, you know. And I strikes mean, me as the life of the party. Like he, he loves what he's doing. He loves it. He loves it. He's just a great guy, and he's so inspirational. When he was talking about Jordan's book, which he's read the PDF of, uh, he was just like, it's art, man. I mean, he's just like that. He's like, that's "That's art. Don't you get it? Like, that's what life's about. It's about creating. Even if it's a pickle or a stick figure like I do, (laughs) or about artificial intelligence and love like you do, man. It's all about the art. And I was just like, dude, this guy is about it. So Yeah, just going up to him, talk. You're tearing up a little here and there. He's a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I really I like um, I like seeing him. I've seen you know he recognizes us easy. We're Facebook friends. Uh, he gave us the, the melon baller to hold this year, which was the hookup. It's yeah. his like Nerf the gun. Pickle gun. Yeah, the pickle. His detective pickles gun. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and no, he's just a great guy. It's always fun to see him. Got to see Max uh, Miller Dowdle, who does a couple different books as a local. God, artist. the new book trade dress, dude. Oh, yeah. The book's gorgeous all around, but that trade dress, oh, my God, is the snake book. Yeah, yeah. Um, An Unlikely Refugee is the name of it. It's coming out soon. He uh, is... He's 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 just a cool guy. He's been someone who's helped me out a lot starting out. Super talented. Got to meet him a few... It's been, wow, like three, four years. It's crazy. Uh, There was a... No, no, it was a comic uh, meetup group here in Raleigh that didn't last too many uh, meetups, but I met a lot of the great people I know now there. Sure. Um, so he was cool to see again. Uh, I, I hate, see, this is someone who I really do like and follow, but you know, the, the trick of social media is you never hear how anyone's name is pronounced. So I think it's, uh, it's either teeny or tiny Howard, teeny Howard I'm going to go with. And I'm sorry if that's wrong. Not that, cause just cause I, I, I follow her on Twitter. I saw her the first time two years ago, uh, at the breaking the comics panel, got the first issue of her new book. From Black Mask, The Skeptics, which is just a fun first issue. I very much want to check it out. It's basically about people who lie their way into being... Like, Wait, this was two years ago or last year, the Breaking the Comics one? Two years ago. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Was, there was one we went to last year with, like, Way and someone else. No, yeah, yeah, this one was, was two years ago. Gotcha. Um, when I first saw her speaking, and uh, this book is... It's, it's basically people who lie their way into being like psychic agents for the government, and and then once it gets like too deep for them, they try to they try to say government. We were just lying. We're not psychic, and they, and they, they were no like, one believes they them. don't believe them. So so it's, they're in a bind. It's a little bit uh, from what I from the description, a little psych. Yeah, uh, but it, it was really great. She's a great writer, so it was cool getting to meet her. Um, Again, in person, just to and also like, just a great person, but yeah, very just... motivational, very inspirational, mm-hmm. very grateful. You know, it's it's amazing. Not that I want people to be grateful for their success, but at the same time, when you see somebody who's just like having success and it's so deserved and yeah, well earned, yeah, yeah. it's such a great thing. So. Yeah, uh, it was also just cool for me knowing that I've now made friends with so many creators, and it's weird to now be having a book coming out and hearing like from Jr. that he's read it and he liked it, and it's just it's weird. It's a weird feeling. Uh, but that's cool. My biggest, actually, surprising, the biggest 
shocking, not shocking, but surprise moment was uh, I ran into someone who I met, another creator who wasn't tabling, I didn't even know was there, but coming out of, I went to get a refill on our popcorn yeah. for Phantom of the Paradise, and uh, Christine Skelly, who is an artist I met at Heroes Con last year, and who did a really awesome Doctore from Spartacus uh, commission, uh, she was just I there. That commission. Yeah, yeah, and we just ran into each other, and you know, we talked, and it, we've been, you know, we've kept up on Twitter and whatnot. And it was just cool seeing her. So it, it's weird to just have people I can randomly run into. Of course, Cliff, we talked to for a few sure. minutes. Um, it's just a great experience in terms of all the people that that you know now are regulars oh, that we get to see at cons. Um, I get a sense of that. How when you hear hear creators talk about conventions. They get to talk about just hanging out with their friends all weekend. And I'm starting to get a better sense of how that is when everyone's a creative and they're yeah. just talking. And it, yeah. it was a neat feeling. Um, oh, that's yeah. community, yeah. For sure. All right. Well, it sounds like we, we went over the uh, the convention pretty well. Um, it was a really good time. Everybody, if you're in the local area, you should definitely come next year if you don't already come. Or come to Oak City. Oak City. Yeah, Oak City is, Oak City is March. March, right. Yeah. And we will have a table there as yes, Joy of Deep. We, we want to meet everybody. Come talk um, to us. Really excited about that. We're also going to be paneling, hopefully, uh, yeah. at least maybe with Name Redacted, maybe yeah, yeah. not, but at least hopefully we'll do our own. We'll I'll see. Talk with Brock, yeah. We'll see how it goes. Um, but anyway, uh, on that note, let's move into. Uh, we're at about an hour and a half, so let's uh-huh. let's move into talking about a couple of the books that we've been reading sure. since. And uh, I'm going to defer to you guys, and I just want to sort of ask you some questions and hear about all the awesome books you're reading, so that I can then pick them up and read them. Sure. Um, so, uh, Kevin, why don't you start with, uh, the book that you're most excited about? Um, I'm really enjoying Wrath of Eternal Warrior. Um, it's in, you said it's in three trades now. We both picked up the first one. At, uh, we the, did, yeah. Weekend. Um, so I'm almost done with the first trade. Um, it's, it one of, it's one of the crossovers that it does relate a lot to the events of Book of Death, but it's still more of a contained, self-contained Eternal Warrior book. I asked, from, yeah, I remember you were asking. I that. asked the the, the uh, managing editor. I was like, "Book of Death," you know, because it bums me out the concept of like they're dead, and this is how you know their yeah, end yeah, comes. Yeah, yeah. And I asked him about that. I was like, "Is this is this like really the, like? Does that mean there's no way to like change that?" And he goes, "No, this is one possible death for uh, each of yeah. them. It could go any number of other ways." Sure, and sure. I was really glad to hear that. Go ahead, sir. Sure. Yeah. No. And so Eternal Warrior. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you mu- you know much about Gillad, like who he is as a character. He's an immortal character that yeah, he's I mean, one of the three brothers. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how, how would you describe this one exactly? Like in terms the book of the or the yeah, character? The book itself. Like I'm just saying, it could because it's a crossover, but it isn't. That's the thing. Like, what is um, it? Well, I. What do you mean when you say it's a crossover? Because I don't really think of it as a crossover. Yeah, but they it, well they advert like back last year when I was talking with them about like when they had the Valiant and Book of Death coming out. They said Wrath of Eternal Warrior was next, so... Well, I think when they say next, it's just like, you know, when when you, like, flip to the back of the Valiant, they say where to go next. Because okay, that's yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. in yeah. every Valiant book. It's like, yeah, what yeah. comes next? And for the most part, it you know, with the ongoings, it's just, oh, hey, the next trade in the series. Right, but with right. the events, it's always like, well, here's something that spins more directly out of So, like, Bloodshot Reborn spun very directly out of the Valiant. But, right, right, right. You know, right. it's not... Like, so, so this is like... Now, this one does tie closer because it ties very close to the end of Book of Death, which I read. That's one of the other trades I got. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know you got Book of Death. I did, yeah. How is that? I really enjoyed it. Uh, the Valiant, as far as the events of theirs I've read, is probably I still prefer because it's a bit more... I uh, like the Valiant a lot. The Valiant's bigger in scope. It's like the whole... It's not the It's the it whole universe. It covers pretty much yeah, every In the sense yeah. of... And there's a big battle scene where like everyone shows up. Right, right. But... Uh, this oh, is that's more flash page on it, yeah. Yeah, this is more strictly focused on the Eternal Warrior. Yeah. And to me it's just a case of 
I think what I think that's the best way to put it. When they said, you know, it goes Valiant to Book of Death to Wrath of the Eternal Warrior, it's because Valiant and Book of Death are both very much focused on the Eternal Warrior right, as a right. character, and, and this ongoing so continues his story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's uh, it's up to I think I want to say issue thirteen, that twelve or thirteen, right, yeah. something like that, and it's basically just you know what happens. Like, the, it says on an alien world, and I don't know if they were just trying to be kind of deceptive, but basically it's like the Eternal Warrior can die, mm-hmm. but he always comes back to life because the Earth brings him back. Yeah. Uh, and this is basically the experience of what he goes through every time he dies. He sees his personal paradise, and then has to basically give it up and fight through hell to get back to Earth. So what it says here is, biography, Galad Anipati is the Eternal Warrior. An immortal possessing an unparalleled understanding of combat tactics and weaponry, he has amassed an extraordinary wealth of knowledge over the past 6,000 years. Tasked with protecting the enigmatic mystics known as the Geomancers, he has died many times in such service. But what happens next? Yeah. Dun dun! And that's basically the premise. Uh... I enjoyed these four issues. I know mm-hmm. you're three in. It yeah, yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And so before this book, we didn't know how he's able to return to the living world. This is where it explains that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, right it basically here, seemed like he popped back more than It says than here, much, immortality. Yeah. Galad is immortal. He can die, but is able to return to the living world through yet unknown means. Now known. Yeah. I mean, again, the way it's always been per- portrayed in the past was just sort of like he pops back, and they don't really talk about it. But yeah, this adds an interesting layer. I honestly um, think, just looking at the the, the, the front matter in this case, yeah. like, uh, of this book, and just these charts they have, it's very Jonathan Hickman, uh, like nightly news, except like <laughs> not incredibly dense and unreadable. Um, it's Vin Diddy's done that. That's, that's in all it. the Exo Man Award trades I freaking well. love it. I just think that this is like, it just fleshes, I, I want to just say fleshes it out because it's such a cheap way to say it. It, 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 it. It's very reader friendly. It pulls me yeah. in, in a way that makes me feel like I'm, I'm having a great time all oh, of a absolutely. sudden. It's like, I'm, it's like, oh man, look at all this cool shit, you know, like that's what it's like. It's not just like, ooh, it's. I don't know. I just, I just love it. Average human lifespan, weapons history, all the weapons that that were used in the past, his conditioning. Uh, you know the timeline. I mean, it's just the the trappings. It's just when you pick these books up, you feel like you've entered fun time. Yeah, you have. You know, it's like time to like really geek out over this book. I don't know. I like it. All right. Oh, and when I interviewed Venditti a few months ago, uh, he said, you know, back when he started Valiant X, when and he was reading through all the old Valiant stuff from the 90s. He said that Exo and Eternal Warrior were immediately his favorite characters. He just, he wanted to pick one so that he'd have the time to focus on it. Um, but he always wanted, and so he picked Exo, but he always wanted to do an Eternal Warrior book. And so when this opportunity came, he took it. I have the, um, like the second volume of the Eternal Warrior, but those books are much more taking place in the distant past, those first two, right? Yes, ish. It's it's a weird. I've read the first one, and it was kind of a shock to the system because I'm so used to reading him when he's around his brothers and yeah. they're much goofier characters. It was a very grim very book, grim, and I, I'm more yeah. I'm more used to that sense of him now. But uh, it it's yeah, they're they're more past set. They're more like it's more sort of a mix of modern day and and past. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, book, boy, this art is gorgeous in in Wrath yeah. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's awesome. No, but that I, cover is just beautiful. It's got him with, it. Uh, yeah, it, it looks almost like Wolverine. I just think their trade dress is like unbeatable. Too. Oh, it's I mean the binding and everything is just it's just unbeatable. It's like you said when you saw you were looking through all of Jordan's last week and 
you said, if there's anything I could just steal from here, it would be the Valiant Bones. Yes, yeah. yes. That yeah. was really how I felt looking at it. I was like, they're just so inviting. I just oh, want to grab are. them and run with them and just, like, sit down for three hours, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I enjoyed Book of Death. You're enjoying Wrath yeah. of the Eternal yeah. Warrior, which I also sure. enjoyed. Uh, it's, it's a good run. It is. Um, yeah. The I always feel bad with Valiant, because it's like, I want to read more of their main books, which is really EXO. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, also, what's, what's really weird with... For I think both of you guys is I don't think either of you have read much of Harbinger or Bloodshot. No, I read. Yeah, yeah. I've read the first Bloodshot trade and I've read the first Harbinger trade, and okay. I really like it. But even I stopped there. You know, I mean, it's, like I, Bloodshot's cool, but that that's kind of where he stops. He's for Punisher. Me. He's and cool. He's none Punisher. of us read Punisher either, right? So it's like I mean, if I mean, it's just like the Valiant universe is so expansive that. They have all these other great characters. Yes, but those are the them. like. For example, yeah, yeah. when Harbinger Wars the movie comes out or whatever, all those movies, it's going to be all. It's going to be like yes for you guys especially. Yes, the Valiant Universe. Me too. The Valiant Universe has movies now. Oh wait, I don't know these fucking guys. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah I do yeah. want to read those other characters. It's just because of the way the events are so tightly you know tied together between Unity and yeah, yeah, yeah. Harbinger and EXO and yeah. Bloodshot. It's like those are probably the core four in terms of the constant like. Those are where the big events, and they happen early. So it's like sure. I want to read all those books kind of at the same time, and so it's 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 easier to go. Oh well, I can just read these three Ivar trades, or I can just jump on to faith, or faith yeah. yeah, or divinity, faith. or whatever. Divinity is like four is even announced, I think. Well, that's a nice segue because we're both reading Faith. So uh, it's a, have Let's you finished the sec- have you finished the second trade? I have not. I'm two I'm on, issues in. That's a, I think that's where I'm at too because I'm I read them in single issues. Is Faith continuing to be great? It's fantastic. Yeah, it's I a great it. book. It's it's so much. It's fun. in my top three of the year. I can tell you that. Yeah. Spoiler alert. So, yeah, but I mean, well, I've already kind of geeked out about it on the show anyway. Sure. So it's yeah, but um, oh, I think it, I mean it's just like, um, it's very self-contained. It um is just so lighthearted and fun to read. Um, just like what, what you were just saying, like it's just fun time for. I mean, you know, it's just such great escapist. Even the beginning of, of uh, 4,180, the newest uh, Rai uh, event. Look yeah, at this. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I just for, for viewers, oh, yeah. uh, for listeners, there's this gorgeous, like, Japanese um, brush, brush, like, calligraphy painting. It looks like intro. an image from Avatar Last Airbender. Like just that this kind of thing. intro of, like, one, two, three pages yeah. with, like, gorgeous, like, calligraphic, yeah, calligraphic. Yeah, yeah. Brush strokes of just explaining the story of Ride at this point. Right, it's right. just so inviting. So yeah, now Faith is still great. And Faith um, is one of the most maybe lighthearted, fun books. Oh, absolutely, right? yeah. And, uh, and coming out of Harbinger, that's that's a feat, right? And in the second volume, yeah, she like she idolizes this sort of Chris Evans esque Hollywood actor um, who turns out to be a villain. And Ooh. Um, yeah, because. The first volume, she was fighting the Vine, which is the alien race from Exo Manowar. Um, and so, um, yeah, there's just so many things to love about that. It's um, in the in the same way you just love watching Supergirl for its escapism and its just lightheartedness. It's that's the same thing. Yeah, it's a very fun book. Don't let the Kevin just blew like all the spoilers of the two. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Sorry. I mean, it's it is well, a book that's more about that, the hangout. It's kind of obvious that like yeah, the the that like they're gonna do that, but yeah. Well, um, not the 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 super. Okay, my bad. It's, my it's bad. fine. It's not a big, <laughs> big deal. Yeah, sorry. I was a little bummed to hear that, but that's it's all right. It's more sorry. a book about the fun of it than the plotting. So right. I, mean, I don't think it's that big a deal. Okay, but yeah. that, that's why I kind of. Just... 
Maybe Call you'll forget by the time. Uh, yeah, you know. It's entirely possible. Yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, we're an hour and a half in. Who's even still listening? Well, second of all, at a certain point, we always we don't. I mean, as much as I hate spoilers, we don't really draw the line when we're talking about comic books. I mean, the only yeah. way to really talk about the ones you've already read is to sort of talk about what happens in them in a lot of ways. So, sure. I'll give you a pass, but be careful, man. I'm not I mean, spoiling the Westworld uh, episode. From the well, that's yeah. the th- he asked us to do that, and we wouldn't. That's funny. <laughs> I didn't ask you. I just said I didn't you care. permitted. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, uh, Fate's a lot of fun. I, I think yes. you should be reading it. If not, it's very accessible. Like, it sets up the basic if not, knowledge don't, you need. Don't, don't trust that Hollywood actor guy. <laughs> uh, it's It sets up what you need to know about the character without it having does. to read Harbinger, basically. Sure. Um, and it's just, it's fun. Uh, Valiant's very good about that in general, really. They really do work like, that hard. Because I've always, they always tell me, I never do it, but they always tell me you can just jump right into the Valiant. And I'm always like, no, dude, I want to read everything first. But that's kind of a lot. So mm-hmm. That's a bit. Uh, as far as other things, um, I'm trying to think what other... Because, again, I got a lot. I haven't had a big sh- lot of time to read in the past You said week. you read, like, four trades this week, though. Yeah, a lot of it was the Valiant stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. What yeah, else? Yeah. Uh, I read some more Ninjak. I, you know, I started How's Death Defying. It's going really well. I like that book. Uh, I took a big tonal shift in this third trade where he's... Uh, He's he traveled to the dead side, which is like the the, the mystical, you know. And he found it's out where the it's dead where Doctor Mirage goes. The good side. No, I'm just kidding. No, spoiler. No. I'm just kidding. Uh, so so that's been the kind of mission there. Uh, Death to find Doctor Mirage. Like I said, I've also been reading and I've enjoyed the first two issues of that. Rich gave a pretty good overview of it earlier. Um, I guess the last thing is I read all Guardians of the Galaxy slash All New X Men: The Trial of Jean Grey. Which oh, did you? Yes. Um, uh, you finally got that. When did you pick it up? I went ahead and ordered it because it was the last like link in the chain, so I got it for eight dollars on Amazon. Wow. So I was like, just yeah, because it's gonna let me read shit. about five other it's books. It's gonna unlock the shit out of your collection. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it, you know, I don't like his guardians that much. Like I said, Brian Michael Bendis, just because I I think he he works better on solo characters, but then he writes really good Avengers it's, and really good X Men. Yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> no, I think that the problem with Guardians is. The way that he writes, it just doesn't... It, it's really... It doesn't have to be some big, like, understanding of why he doesn't write Guardians well. He just doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Those... His take... Everyone has a take on characters. And his take on those characters just isn't my favorite. And it isn't your favorite. It just That's isn't... Fair. It's just not... It's not that it's bad, either. No, it's, it's not bad! But it's also... You know what it is? It's... It's a little less... It doesn't take the chances with the characters. And that was the thing that was so great about, you know, the... The, the, uh, Lan- Lanny, the DNA run, yeah. The DNA run, the Abnett and Lanny run, is that they went and they just did unique shit with it, like the the, uh, the space dog and that kind of stuff. Like, just weird out there shit. He made it much more of a mainstream book, which is, I guess, what his job was as the movie came Yeah, out. I mean, it, his job was to revamp the franchise and make it... A tentpole of the universe, and the fact is, if you're a tentpole franchise, you can't just do that's what they had the the freedom right. to do because no one cared about Marvel Cosmic, and it was just completely unique and out there, and it had new ideas on every page, and you just can't. Oh, and the sense of humor was insane. Like Bendis is a great writer; he can be humorous, but he's not funny like DNA is funny. Um, but you know, the Guardians are in this in the sense that someone has to get the all new X Men to space when Jean Grey gets kidnapped for the trial of. All the things she would eventually do as the Phoenix. And so they're there. Pre-crime. It's three of their uh, issues are part of the crossover. Um, but for the most part, it, it you know, there's a few hints good? of their ongoing. Yeah, I, I did enjoy it. Oh, wow. It set up a lot of things. It's like 50-50 with Bendis events. Well, I like 
his all-new X-Men, um, and so it was a little... In my mind, I thought it would be more of a trial, and it's more just like the kidnapping, and then they kind of put on the kangaroo court trial of it, and it gets called out. It's it's not a lot of... It's That's weird to say I wanted title. courtroom drama. It's in an my, epic title, you know, the it's trial like, of... If it, if it were Soul writing it, I could expect all of the, you yeah, know, yeah. That's why. Uh, anybody out there, read the two She-Hulk volumes. Yes, they're awesome. Uh, so that was... It was a really good volume. Um, it set up, obviously, the next run of the series. Cyclops went off with his dad for the whole Cyclops 2 volume series. Rucka and then... Layman. Layman. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where he's popping around at after all that. I think he's back on... Her. Actually, no, I think he's definitely part of the new all-new X-Men team for the new... Hopeless maybe, run. The Hopeless run? Oh, I don't know. I'm not super... Be up on it just because i haven't been paying attention i I wanted to finish this yeah but uh yeah all new x-men i really enjoy all new x-men and uncanny so i'm excited to finally read a lot more of them and then probably get that last one and just finish off the bendis era that i know a lot of longtime x-men fans don't like sure uh but yeah i enjoyed it cool awesome uh what else you got speaking of bendis and i reviewed this on the site but i reviewed the first volume of the great review by the way everybody oh thanks um, the new Spider-Man book he's writing that's now that Miles Morales is officially part of the Marvel Universe, not the Ultimate anymore, um, he wrote, he's writing his ongoing. Um, I love the first volume. It's only five issues, but, um, because I had kind of given up on Civil War too. It wasn't really keeping my Really? It was, I mean, it was, it's been pretty, it, it hasn't really done well. Lately. Really? Yeah. No, yet, no. It's, I mean, it's yeah. not pretty, it's not much liked. What's the deal? Uh, I read the first three issues, but, uh, well, do you want me to spoil who dies in it and who's dead? No, but is it good? Why isn't it good? It's just, like, uh, whatever you want to say about the first Civil War book way back in the day, it has a lot of momentum to it, and there's a reason they're fighting. It, this one just, it doesn't, it just feels, one, oddly titled, there's not a lot, it's a lot of build-up to really not much payoff. Um, I like the concept behind it. You know, it's like Minority Report in the minor, in the Marvel Universe because um, they have a new Inhuman named Ulysses who... Pre-crime. Can, right, he's pre-crime kind of thing. And, but it just... I don't think the tension is well is well executed and it doesn't feel like it has the emotional weight um, that it should have. Right. Um, but on the flip side, his new Spider-Man is great. I mean, he, of course, he co-created the character and um, has been writing him for years, but it's exciting to see him... In the main Marvel Universe, because if you've followed Spider-Man at all in the recent years, Peter Parker is now, um, you know, following Superior Spider-Man. He's in charge of Parker Industries and is this big corporate guy now and has all these things to deal with. So um, while he's doing all that... Um, and There needs you know, to be a mainline Spider-Man. There needs to be a mainline Spider-Man that's a teenager who has teenage problems and is trying to juggle that life and the superhero life. And That was um, the reason Bendis came for being interested in doing the character yeah, yeah. in the first place because oh, he for said sure. it has to be the Spider-Man otherwise sure. that's just not what I want to write sure and it just I mean he does it so well it's just the, all the nuances of him being you know a teenager um, just feel so natural um, just like it's like an 80s movie it's just it's so much fun um, you know it's got all the characters from Ultimate and yeah it's it's I'm excited for I don't know if the second trade's out or not I don't know. Speaking but, of uh, speaking of uh, Spider Man, um, you're reading the you've at least read the first trade of the one the other one the the um, 
the Dan Slot. Yeah. Yeah, we're How's that going? I liked it. I read the first two. Um, I think the third just came out this week slash is coming yeah, out this week. It's in issue 20 something now. Yeah, and I know they've got the big honking hardcover for Clone Conspiracy yeah, set yeah, yeah. for next mm-hmm. year sometime. Sure. Can we get uh, it for 25 bucks again? No, I don't think that mistake's happening again. Yeah. Not on a book we actually want. I'm sure yeah. it happens all the time, yeah. but... Uh, you know, I, 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 I've enjoyed it. I like mm-hmm. Slot's run. Um, I would say this run has been better than his post-Spider-Verse, pre-Secret Wars run, which just yeah. sort of felt a little spinning its wheels. Um, granted, that was two trades, so I, I feel unfair saying, like... Mm-hmm. But that, that's a long enough time. Uh, and, you know... It's not the concept wasn't immediately engaging to me, but I've liked what it's done. I liked the Zodiac conflict. I like that Mockingbird's a big character in it. I like uh, that Mister Negative came back because he's been one. He's one of my favorite. He is my favorite villain that came out of Brand New Day, so I always like seeing him. Um, it's you know I I'd be okay with. I feel like Slot goes from event to event, and that's kind of how he's set up his run, where it's like the books that come in between set things up. But they and there's always a lot feel of hinting, like, yeah. They always and feel it just it it's it's harder. It doesn't feel like I don't know. I feel like he's gotten too event focused almost because it's like it doesn't feel. As well, it's if, like the pre Spider Verse stuff was called like the Road to Spider Verse or whatever. Where they yeah, there was like was one trade of the Parker Luck reestablishing yeah. that it was yeah, yeah, Peter yeah, Parker yeah. again, yeah. and it was right back into event time. So it's like yeah, it'd be it, nice to go back to when Spider Man was a little more like any of the other Spider books. Well, the cool thing about Spider Man for a long time there, from what I've because I've ta- I've had. I'd say at least two full days worth of conversations about Spider-Man with you over time. Driving <laughs> places, talking about it, eating dinners and talking about it. When different trades came out, different movies were coming out, all that stuff. Years of it. Um, but I'd say at least 48 hours of Spider-Man talk. And one thing that it seems to be really a trend of it is it's very much like popcorn movie, like really fun read every week. Like something you could go to, back when, like for the example, when they were doing three issues a month. And you just could read those trades, and it was tons of content. It was all about being like a young kid, figuring out his life. Well, you know? middle age, not middle age, uh, mid twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They but, did the age a him, young but... guy, you know, and 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 just just a lot of fun. Um, well, you know, I think the thing that made Superior so strong was that it was a thirty-one, twenty-nine. 20, wow, I'm blank. No, thirty-one. I think 30, 30 that sounds right. Thirtieth issue arc. And like it was a mega arc, excellent. But yeah. there were there were character threads, there were developments, and it felt like it wasn't getting you know wasn't interrupted an for an event that was like this big other thing that was like larger than life with the other book. I mean now now the Spider Verse is when I say that I can refer to the fact that there's an entire line of Spider related books like there would have once been the X Men or sure. the Avengers still has, and so it's like you've got. I think there's like currently eight or nine ongoings that are Spider-Man yeah. related in some way, and so when you when you see that, it's like I'm fine with them having a crossover and having things, but I would rather they be smaller ones like the Spider-Woman event, where it was like it could build off those three characters' arcs. Every time I would ask you, because I'd always ask like, should I read Spider Island first, or should I read? And then after I read Spider Island, do I need to read Survival or Ends of the Earth, or do I need to read the stuff between Ends of the Earth? And you were always like, you know, honestly, the stuff in between is really like unessential. Well, in terms of the events, but like back then, I think his big time run up through the end of Superior Spider Man—that's like his golden period because everything, like 
Spider-Verse was the big event. I mean, like, he... After that, there was there was Ends of the Earth, which was more just... You mean Spider-Island. Spider-Island, yeah. So Spider-Island was the big event, but it built on everything that had kind of preceded it, and it felt like a natural culmination. And I think he did a good job flowing towards Spider-Verse. And so... It's not like I don't want an ongoing arc. I don't just need, you know, weekly adventures that are, are throwaway. It's just I would like there to feel like everything matters a bit more, which I felt then, if you wanted to read the ongoing and the, the developmental threads, it's just felt a little bit like the focus has shifted and now it's... I don't know. It's hard to explain. No, I'd like I to read it. the next trade. I mean, I'm excited for the clone conspiracy, but it's it's hard to be excited when it feels... No, well, it's starting. Yeah, okay. it's, I think it's in the middle of it. But it's hard to feel as excited about the smaller arcs when they all seem to be like, ah, here's the tease for the event. Here's the tease. Like, oh, the oh, first oh, four like, issues of Like the Vulture's back or or something. And he, oh, it looks like he's doing something with uh, bed bugs. And oh, it's, you know, and, and like, but wait, oh, who's that shadowy figure? And then, Basically, like, like the first four issues of Worldwide, like each one ends with a new cliffhanger that's setting up some future storyline. And it's like... On one hand, it's good that he has it planned out. Oh, but on I see the other, what you're saying. Just... See, now you've really netted it out. Now that he just said that, I get it because that means that his his uh, like when I was looking at that wrath of the um, eternal warrior. eternal warrior, each of those like ending cliffhangers are about the next issue. You know, it's like, oh my god, he's in a no win situation. How's he going to get out? Or oh my god, this just revealed he's really in hell or whatever it is. But it's about what's happening right now, sure. as opposed to those, which is four different teases about the future. And so that's that that I can see how that would be frustrating at a time because it's it's all of the books become in service of the event as opposed to being in service of themselves. Yeah, I mean that's a problem that is with really the Avengers in the main lines where it's like they're like, ah, here's the all new, all different Avengers, and it's like, oh, well, it's been six months, there was another event, and now the whole team's broken up and they're gonna go be the champions. And so how long is that gonna last? And yeah. that's part of the I mean, that's, that's... It's just comics are very different than they used to be back when I mean, it's the get, seasonal model think, they think switched of, to. Right, think about... Right, exactly. So think about, like, X-Factor's 200-plus run. Or Spider-Man back in the day when it, when it was, you know, Millar and uh, JMS and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Just long-ass runs. And even Avengers Bendis back in the day. He was writing two books. It was just it was, different. Yeah. It was just these long-form 60-issue Avengers arc, you know, or whatever. It's interesting. Things have changed. Like you said, though, it's the season thing. Things things can still occur. I mean, Superior Spider-Man did a really good job. The problem being, you know, it was running twice monthly because you're going to get a year and maybe a year and a half at most. Mm-hmm. And he had the added thing where it's like, all right, he'll be Peter Parker again by the time Amazing Spider-Man 2 comes out. But he really fucked with people about that, too. Yeah. Which was cool. So, um, so I and also, it'd just be nice to see some new blood. I mean, I'm not going to lie at this point. It's time. I, I know. I love Slot, and if he wants to keep writing Spider-Man, I'm sure it'll still be enjoyable. But you want a fresh take it's after just, seven years? It's time. I really think it's time. I mean, I haven't been reading it like you've been reading it, but from what I see, it just seems like it's time. I mean, put him on something else. Put something else, awesome. Give him X-Men. It was the weirdest thing when they did that switcheroo like three years ago, and everybody was on a different book just for the fuck of it. It was really weird. But it was exciting. Mm-hmm. You could jump on any of those books. I have so many uh, Marvel Now trades because it was like fresh start. Yeah, it's true. And and fifty two, same thing. Yeah, as maligned as it may be, I loved it. That's what Rebirth's doing, and and doing. I'm excited it. for those trades. Where is that successful? Oh, too? you're gonna, you're gonna, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's just like Flash. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, pick one more, Kevin. 
Uh, I did read the first volume of Lock and Key uh, recently. Oh, so. really? Tell yeah. me about that because I'm in the middle of it now. I'm actually yeah, no, read, okay, yeah. I read the first issue. It's good. Um, apparently, so I'm borrowing it from friend Lucas, who was there last week, and he says um, he really likes it up until, but he says a disappointing ending to the series. So okay. I don't well, that's know, a but, lot um, of trades. But that, I mean, yeah, it's a 36 issue series, so I mean. Um, you know, uh, a lot of but, people talk about that in hushed tones. It was yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's that good, right? I mean, I I really enjoyed it. So, I mean, it's a great horror. Um, the art's really good. This is, of course, this is Joe Hill's classic series. It's Stephen King's son. Um, but yeah, I mean, the first volume is Welcome to Lovecraft, and it just has that very classic, um, yeah, vibe to it. Um, very gothic, um, good murder mystery, but. I really enjoyed that first arc. Um, There's a murder was... mystery in the first arc? Well, I'm, I'm um, sort of. Like, I mean, how far are you in it? First issue, man. Okay. Um, and yeah, it surrounds, you know, the murder in that. But um, it's a little supernatural, a little murder. Yeah. But yeah, it's... Oh, I, I really enjoyed it. Are you going to read the next one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably more into Nailbiter, so, but, but I mean, oh, Nailbiter is yeah, so good. Yeah. So that's the series that I've read the most yeah, of recently. Yeah. I've read the first four. Yeah, yeah. And man, is that a good series? Oh, and five is out now. Actually, I think I've read the first three, and I have the fourth. Is so. it supposed to be six trades? I think the the idea is they're targeting six because sure. it really has. And I was talking to your friend Lucas about this, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, he's saying that it really has lost steam. And even in the, after the third trade, I could see like that's going to start happening because right. we got about half the reveals, if maybe yeah. two thirds of the reveals at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, we kind of know why why killers are coming out of that tech. Sure, well, that's you know? the nice thing about Career Own, though. You can do that. I know that uh, yeah. James Tinney in the fourth has the woods planned at nine trades. They're at mm-hmm. five now. and That's great. He had it very And they're four-issue trades. Yeah. So that's yeah. not, that's a 26-issue. 20, uh, no? Well, 20 for the first five, but 36 overall with nine right. trades. Yeah. right. So he's, uh, I need to get back on that series. It's like, I'm three trades behind now, and I love the first two. And speaking of which, one more thing. Bunker, are you ready anymore? Uh, No, I want to, I need to start over, because I, like, I I read the first couple, and then it just got lost in the shuffle, and that was, like, a while ago now. You just said lost about the bunker. (laughs) Similar. Uh, but no, now I have almost all of it, because I think there's only... One or two more I trades love that. for it. I love when the I love when you get an ongoing series, creator owned, mm-hmm. and it's like five or six trades. I love that. To me, that's like perfect. It like is. Sweet Tooth was just fucking perfect. That's I think thirty five issues, but yeah, I think yeah. that really hits the spot. Um, okay, well, it seems like we went through everything. Anybody sure. had anything they needed to really mention? Or are we good? We'll have another episode soon. Sure. Well, we should mention that you can find us at the yeah. Oh, I wasn't game. done. I was going to do the closing stuff, but yeah. go ahead. Well, it's yeah, whenever. At The Joy of Game on Twitter, you can find us, The Joy of Geek, on Facebook, uh, thejoyofgeek.net for our written content, thejoyofgaming.com for our episode archives. And, and by, by the time this goes up, we're going to be about like exactly a month away from when Terminal Protocol comes out. That's, oh, yeah, I have really a book, which I guess is worth mentioning. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Uh, you know, <laughs> I... But yeah, no, you can find me, and I'll be tweeting a lot more about that if you're at all interested, at uh, Indigo Master, E-N-D-I-G-O-M-A-S-T-E-R on Twitter, as well as jordanelsega.tumblr.com, which is in the process of getting revamped, which oh, yeah? is nice. Uh, and then, I think, wait, you know, no, that's literally it for me. 
Okay. You guys? Uh, well, you can check me out at Rich Lapore um, on Twitter, at Rich Lapore. Uh, I've been tweeting a lot more. Love tweeting these days. Been enjoying that. So check out my thoughts. I want to bring up my Twitter following base, so I would appreciate if you came by and gave it a chance. If you don't like it, unfollow. No problem, but I think you will. Um, but yeah, Rich Lapore, at Rich Lapore. Um, and also, I have a new column um, that I'm doing. It's called Target. Rich's Week in Geek. Um there's a couple of the people who have The Weekend Geeks already, so uh-huh. I was like, yeah, I could call it The Weekend Geek and make it by me, but, you know, Rich's Weekend Geek is cool. Like we'll, we'll brand it that way. Um, but anyway, it's a it's an opportunity for me. I, I jump around a lot uh-huh. uh, in what I watch, lis- watch, listen to, read, play, etc. Um, and, you know, I have this, this thing where I just, you know, every time I'm doing something, I'm like, ooh, I wish I could do two things at once. Like, I'm that much, there's that much I want to consume media-wise. Uh-huh. So this just gives me a, an opportunity to talk about three to five things that I consume media-wise that week. And, and it may be s- s- things that, that continue. So it may be that I, you know, right now I'm watching Doctor Who um, for the first time, and I finally got into Doctor Who. So it might be that one week I talk about that I'm now watching Doctor Who, and another week I'll mention a specific episode that I liked or something like that. So it's just going to be an ongoing sort of uh, three to five things that I checked out the past week that I found interesting. Um, it's really fun to write. Hopefully it'll be really fun to read. I like it, yeah. How about you, Kevin? Cool. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at KWShafe. That's K-W-S-C-H-A-E-F. Um, and at the Joy of Geek, I'll be writing a lot more because I'm about to graduate college. Thing. Um, awesome. So, very excited about that. So we got a, we got a full-time writer back. Yes. Yeah, so awesome. I mean, I'm down for that. Um, and I'll be doing more of my own creative stuff. Um, so yeah, you can find me there. Sounds good. Uh, well, on that note, I'm Rich Lapore. Jordan Alseca. Kevin Schaefer. And we will see you all real soon. Take care.